We are hosting today's broadcast from the lands of the Karingai people. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of country and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Plume with it. Into a carbon sack! No one saw that coming! I think he had more surprise than anyone. The 17-year drought is over. Sydney, the NBL 22 champions. 3-0 sweep of the Jack Jumpers. And the corner, Osaka! The Titans have their third win of the season. This is to win the FA Cup. It's there! Jimmy Cash scores the winning goal in the shootout. And Liverpool win the FA Cup final against Chelsea. Here, epic kick out. It's one on one. He's got a beautiful pass down the back from Luai. That's glorious. Brilliant stuff by Penrith. They're just picking them apart now. And now, overnight scores, expert comment, and controversy on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Good morning, everyone. I'm Ray Thomas, and welcome to the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Dean Ritchie sitting right alongside me. We're into magic round in the NRL, and last night, some people believe it could be a preview of the 2022 Grand Final. Penrith 32, Melbourne Storm 6. Dino, good morning. No Jerome Hughes, no Ryan Pappenhausen for the Storm. Penrith, just far too good. Good morning, Dino. Yeah, good morning, Ray. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, boy, if that wasn't a statement, Mm. I don't know what is, Ray. Just relentless last night, the Panthers. They give you nothing. Absolutely nothing. second half, a dominant. Absolutely, Ray. I thought Kikau was wonderful. Uh, Luai was wonderful. Uh, Tago, Isaiah Yo. And they really put Melbourne Storm away. Cleary was kicking Cleary was great as well. As you say, though, Ray, let's not get... Two carried away just yet. A couple of key injuries there to the Melbourne Storm. But that's nine from ten now for Penrith Panthers. And they are outright NRL competition leaders. Listening to the, the coaches post-game. And Ivan Cleary again wasn't there due to that knee infection. So Cameron Serraldo uh, filled in for him. But listening to Craig Bellamy. And he wasn't making excuses for the outs. We knew Pappenhausen was out for four to six weeks. But Jerome Hughes was withdrawn on game morning. I don't think anyone saw that coming with a calf injury. And it made a massive difference. No doubt about it when two of your important players come out of your spine like that. But um, I guess Bellamy wasn't making excuses, but looking for some positives. And I thought his point about the second half was well made. I don't think the Storm even got in inside Penrith's 20th the entire half. Penrith seemed to be camped on Melbourne Storm's try line or starting their six on the halfway line, going into um, Melbourne's defensive line. And... Bellamy said we only got beaten 12-0, so to speak, in the second half. So you've got to look for positives when you get so comprehensively beaten, Dino. Yeah, you certainly do. And Bellamy's not going to go and commit Hari Kari after one loss, Ray. They're still 1-8 from 10 this year. Mm. Their, their attack certainly was clunky last night without those two key players there. I felt a bit sorry for young Tyron Wishart, Ray. The try just before halftime yeah. when he spilt the bomb. Uh, that took the score out to 20 points to six. I think it was a real... Hammer blow for Melbourne psychologically. But, yeah, look, good luck to Penrith. They deserve to be outright leaders. But at this point in time, I'm not writing Melbourne off in oh, any no. way, shape or form. Absolutely. Actually, Bellingham made reference to that um, that try just for halftime in his post-match press conference. And it was a pointed reference to his teammates. He said, I wish Art got left alone there. Which I thought that was a really good point because where was his teammates coming back and trying to 
in, you know, hamper the, the Penrith players coming through, particularly kick out. But I said the other day, Ray, sorry to interrupt you. Yes, if Penrith push forward to another grand final, and that's a big if because we've got a long way to go mm. in, this pre, uh, in this season. However, things are looking pretty solid in that area. That would be three in a row. At what point do we start to say that this Penrith side is one of the great sides of the modern era? I suppose they are a great side. Yeah, I suppose you have to win a couple of premierships to go in, into that category. But they're, they're going well at the moment. But Dino, don't forget Origin is coming up. And they were discussing it last night post-game. Six, seven, maybe eight Panther players could be in Origin this year. So that six-week period, they've got to bank these points now because it's not going to be easy through Origin. Yeah, certainly will, Ray. Look, they've got plenty of depth, the Panthers. Just an amazing club, aren't they, Ray? Mm. Everything they're doing at the moment, they're doing ultra-professionally. Yeah. And I think Origin will hurt them, but there's a few weak teams in this competition, and I, I do believe, as sad as it is to say, that a understrength Penrith side could probably topple four or five mm. sides at their best. Yeah. And that's, right. that's not a good sign for rugby league. I know, I know where you're coming from, but Origin just around the corner, just repeating, Penrith 32, Storm 6. Other games so far in Round 10, Magic Round up there in Brisbane. We'll go back to Friday night, Dino Knights 16, Bulldogs 6. This was the, the stunning result for me. Broncos 38, Manly nil. I want to ask you that in a sec, Dino. And then yesterday, the Rabbitohs almost blew a huge lead, leading 32-6. The Warriors stormed home, just missed 32-30. The Rabbitohs got home. And then the Titans in golden point, being the Dragons, 20 points to 16. Three games to complete Magic Round today. 1.50pm kickoff, Sharks and Raiders. 4.05, should be a beauty this game. Roosters versus the Eels. And then at 6.25, West Tigers take on a resurgent North Queensland Cowboys. Dino, what happened to the Seagulls Friday night? Yeah, blowing off the park. They're calling it the Kevolution. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, the rejuvenated Broncos. Adam Reynolds, right? My goodness. Mm. Is this career best for oh, Reynolds? Like incredible. He's kicking yeah. game. And the old chip and chase reminded me of the great Phil Blake, Phil Blake. in the 80s. Mm. It was wonderful stuff. Selwyn Cobbo, three times. Uh, He's star. Absolutely. He's an star. And they've really blown the premiership wide open, the Broncos. No one expected this, right? Mm. And they are playing some really good football too. I'm not suggesting they can win the comp. And I don't think Brisbane themselves think they can win the comp. But you know, if they make top Fo- six, top eight, top just eight, get back in the final, get back on it that. It is yeah. the stepping stone to Correct. a Brisbane side who, as much as we dislike in New South Wales, we need the Broncos to be strong for the yeah. good of rugby league. Do you know, I didn't see that game. I was driving up to Scone on Friday night. But um, I did listen to the post-match uh, uh, summation of the game on Channel 9 with Andrew Johns and he made reference to Tommy Turbo, Tommy Trebojevic. He said it was sad to see a champion walking around with an obvious knee injury. What's the update there with Turbo? Dino? It was a strange one, right? He, he, when he ran out, he was fine. I think he just copped a knock to his leg. Yeah. But in the post-game press conference, Des and Daly Jerry Evans were sort of denying he was injured and I couldn't quite work it out because it was clear for anyone watching the game, that Tommy was hobbling around. Mm. But there's been no update in terms of anything long-term. He might have just copped a knock on the night, but certainly uh, Joey was right. He was hobbling around, and I was a little bit surprised he wasn't replaced, given the value that he is to the Manly Sea Eagles. Exactly. As I mentioned, those three games to go to complete Magic Round. Dino, a lot of talk about where Magic Round 
if it could potentially be relocated to down the track, New Zealand, Perth, Sydney would like to see it here, Acor Stadium. There's talk of a roof going on to Acor Stadium before the Rugby World Cup in 2027. We will be talking to the Acor Stadium CEO, Daryl Carey, um, in our final hour, about 9.25, because they've got a huge game coming up there. Um, Barcelona FC taking on the A-League All-Stars. Already 70,000-plus tickets have been sold for that game. That'll be the biggest sporting crowd in Sydney since COVID, Dino. Um, that's in that Barcelona game in a couple of weeks. But, Dino, Magic Round. Can you see Magic Round being relocated? Is Sydney a chance of getting it? Or do you think it should go to New Zealand, for example? I personally would like to see it taken further afield, Ray. I'd love to see a Perth get it. Is that it. because Sydney has so many home games? Yeah, I think yeah. Sydney's got four or five home games uh, every weekend. Mm. I don't think it'd have that special feeling, in inverted commas. I think it should go to a Perth. An Adelaide, a Christchurch, a Wellington. Having said that, it was announced late last week that uh, Brisbane has retained the rights yeah. to Magic Round for two more years. So mm. it will be in there. There's a lot of talk about it, isn't there? Yeah, it will be uh, in Brisbane for another two years. But I, I would prefer to see it. Even go to Melbourne, Ray, that wouldn't bother me. But let's take our great game to a frontier that hasn't been point, yet yeah. conquered. Yeah. Um, don't want to talk about negative because some of the football has been good. But, um, Dino, gee, there were shocking scenes, crowd violence there on Friday night. Um, in Brisbane in Magic Round. And what was disturbing for me is it's been that brawl has been put on social media in the crowd. It was going on for about 30 seconds, um, the, the, the vision that I saw on social media. There wasn't a security guard in sight. Where were they? Yeah, I don't know what happened there, right? It was clearly out of control. Oh. It was just disgusting. You know what? It made me sick in the stomach, right? Yeah. That families can go to the football with their kids. And they're sitting and next those, to these, pe- these drunken morons. Those kids would be so excited, Ray, about going to see their stars. Mm. And they've got to put up with these And that's buffoons. a memory that's going to be emblazoned in their, in their minds for a long, long time. And some of, there's one guy there in a Bronco. So he got king hit twice by coward punches from behind. What, what is wrong with people, Dino? I just don't know how you can ban them for life, Ray. Oh. You, you should ban them. They should clearly get life. But it's just so hard to actually implement. I mean, how do you stop someone going back in six weeks' time through a gate at Suncorp? It's very difficult. But exactly. hopefully yeah. they're going to be charged face court and get hauled over the coals. Absolutely disgusting behaviour. And as I said, Ray, it, it made me sick in the stomach. It really did. Yeah. On a more positive note, and only for some, if you're a Liverpool supporter, you're waking up as FA Cup champions overnight. They've beaten Chelsea um, in a penalty shootout to win the FA Cup. That's their second Cup final they've won this year against Chelsea in a penalty shootout. It gives Liverpool a chance to continue their quest, possibly to win all four major titles. I think Manchester City have got one hand on the the, uh, Premier League title. But, of course, uh, Liverpool now play in the European Champions League final later this week. They've had a fantastic season. They've only lost two games in the Premier League, but Manchester City still looking like they've got that title virtually almost wrapped up. Ange Postacoglu's team in Scotland, Celtic, have been officially crowned as Premier League champions there in Scotland. Tremendous performance by Ange. First year, despite going in there in Celtic and copping a heap because a lot of the Celtic fans didn't know who this Australian was, didn't think he deserved the job. He's transformed Scottish football, Dino. Yeah, it's an incredibly left-field decision, isn't it, Mm. for... Such a and famous Scottish side to pick an Aussie, of yeah. all things. Mm. You can understand why it caused so much angst up there, but, gee, do those directors or the management of Celtic for making that decision, 
geniuses. You have to applaud them, don't you? It's been one of the great all-time decisions in Scottish football. Where to now for Ange? There's a bit of a rumour, and I'll bounce it off Mossy because I think Mossy mm. brought up a couple of weeks ago that you know, does he head to England? It's almost does destiny. he go to it's, Man United? It's almost destiny. He gets a job in the Premier League in England, but um, certainly he can rejoice there for the time being given that he's now um, taken uh, Celtic to that title. That Champions League final, Dino, Liverpool versus Real Madrid, is actually on Sunday, May 29. I apologise about that. That's a huge game for Liverpool. That would cap their season. They've got um, a couple of games to go in the Premier League against Southampton away on Wednesday night and Wolves next Monday at home. They would need to win both those games and hope uh, Manchester City slip up for them to... Um, clinch the English Premier League title. Rugby Union, Ray, mm. we secured the World Cup for big 2027, news, yes. the big Women's news. World Cup for 2029. Fantastic news. Mm. Now, I like my rugby, but I couldn't believe what I heard. What's that? That the day that they announced it, people in Rugby Union were coming out saying, we will now target NRL players. Have they not learnt their lesson? Mm. They got to Kiri, Saylor and Rogers in 2003. It cost them millions. It nearly set them broke, and here they are wanting to do it again. What message is that sending out to the juniors playing rugby, right? Mm. All those players came back to the NRL. Rugby's got to harvest their own, grow their own game, stop looking for a quick fix in rugby league. Interest levels in rugby is minimal at the moment. This is their big chance, right? Rugby's on its knees, and this is the opportunity to try to salvage the game that is crumbling. Don't stuff it up. Don't go looking for quick fixes in rugby league. Harvest your own, grow your own game, and stop trying to throw wads of cash at NRL players who will only go across for the money and then come straight back. Well, I guess there's a couple of ways to look at that, Dino. One, when you've got a, a Rugby World Cup coming potentially, and I hope it's in Sydney, but we'll talk to um, the Acor Stadium CEO, uh, Daryl Kerry, a little bit later about that. I know Melbourne are pitching up big time for that Rugby World Cup final. But, Dino, when you've got the... Uh, the Rugby World Cup in Australia, you don't really need to look outside the square to try and generate publicity, like buying as they did like a lot of Takiri or a Wendell Saylor all those years ago. If a player has a desire to try and be a Wallaby, fine, let them chase their dream. But to go out and actively poach primarily to, I guess, generate interest, they don't need to do that, Dean. You know what I'm trying to say? I know that there's junior footy clubs, Ray, and, and parents that basically can't afford the registration fees. Mm. They're up around $300 now for some yeah. clubs. That's a lot of money. How about tipping some money back into that area of the game rather than poaching rugby league players? Mm. The league players generally, rate they don't want to play rugby union. They don't cop the game. They don't like the game. They'll go for the money. There, there are some who do. And if they, if they want to chase their world If they dream, want to chase that, their that, dream, that, fine. That, in- but if you're going to go, as you say, actively chasing for big money... I think it's a bad move. Yeah, they don't need to generate that publicity because it'll do it itself, the point I was trying to make, read that Rugby World Cup. But still great news that the World Cup is coming back down under and we'll talk to Daryl Kerry a little bit later about the chances of Sydney getting that final. Um, just to run through some AFL just quickly, Dino. Um, uh, Collingwood, go back to Friday night, lost 51-99 against the Bulldogs. Richmond, Dustin Martin's made a massive impact since his return. 117 against Hawthorne, 94. Port Adelaide, after losing their first five games, Dino, have now won their last four. Um, they won 115 against the hapless North Melbourne, 46. St Kelda, 90 against Geelong, 80 in a thriller yesterday. The Swannies, far too good for Essendon, who are struggling this year. 
year, 105 to 47. And Brisbane, gee, I think they're, they're, they're to me the main challenges to Melbourne. They defeated Adelaide 102-66. Three games to complete round nine of the AFL today, Dino. Fremantle, who are flying, take on the Gold Coast at 140. The Blue Boys take on the Giants. Leon Cameron's last game today for the GWS Giants. So they'll, they'll be up for that. That's the 320 game. And poor old West Coast, they're at home, but they've got to take on the unbeaten Melbourne at 520pm. I think he's done a good job, Leon Cameron. Absolutely, Nine years, yeah. finals, grand finals, didn't win the the flag as they would have liked. Mm. And that wonderful young team maybe missed that window of opportunity yeah. to grab a title. They were so close, weren't they? Yeah. You want a little street corner tip? Alistair Clarkson? No. Oh. Ross Lyon. Yeah? Just a little street corner I've tip. I've been hearing Alistair Clarkson. Yeah, no, mate of mine who knows. Yeah, just... Okay. Keep an eye on both, Ross Lyon. Both great coaches. Ross Lyon's done some wonderful things at various clubs. So if he wants to get back into coaching, because he's got a high-profile media role at the moment in Melbourne, he, he'd be fantastic there, Dino. But um, absolutely no dramas there if they go Ross Lyon. I've heard Alistair Clarkson wants to come out of his one year off. But Hey, Dino, Sydney Kings won the grand final. They did. How good was that? 3-0 against... Um, everyone was sort of... Hoping the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers would do well, but they did do well. Dino, first year in the competition, made the grand final, were beaten three and zero in a best of five series. The, the Kings deserved it, Dino, because they managed to win those final two games without the um, NBL's MVP, Jalen Adams, was out with that hamstring injury for game two and game three. But the Kings won the grand final series three and zero and broke that title drought that stretched about seventeen years. Great scenes yesterday down at Circular Quay. Opera House and the Sydney Harbour Bridge is a backdrop. The Kings signed autographs, met their fans. Great stuff. The basketball's resurging here in Sydney, mate. Well, 15,000 for that mm. game, Ray. A sellout crowd out there at Sydney Olympic Park. I think the key now is to really capitalise. Good point. They're mm. back in the spotlight, mm. uh, the Kings and basketball in Sydney. It had a few flat years there. But now's the time you've got to really go for the jugular. Yeah. You've re-established yourself in the Sydney sporting market, which is a very fierce sporting market in terms of competition. So now's the time they've really got to good point. step up and go Have you been for, to a Kings game? Uh, yeah, once. It's good Many fun. It's it good fun. I should drag you along again, Dino. You enjoy it. Hey, two big days of racing at Scone Ray. Standalone meeting yesterday. And uh, bring the ransom. Young Tyler Schiller caused a boil over in the dark. Jewel Classic. Yeah, $51 outsider bring the ransom and for Tyler Schiller, who's Sydney's leading apprentice this season. That was his biggest career win, his first group win. A group 3 Dark Jewel Classic victory yesterday on the mare for Bjorn Baker. We'll talk to Tyler a little bit later in the show. He's a young apprentice really going places, Dino. And um, in the Luskin Star Stakes, flying crazy was a very, very good winner for Gerald Ryan and Sterling Alexio. Great ride by Kerry McAvoy and a matter horse that I know I've been pumping up his tyres a bit. Left left people a bit flat yesterday. He was three wide throughout, had a tough run, ran fourth. Jury's probably still out. Doombin 10,000 yesterday, Dino. Marzu was absolutely outstanding on a track which was deteriorating before our eyes given all that rain in Brisbane. And he was under a lot of pressure at the 600 metre mark. I thought, well, he can't win. But he responded like a really good horse and held off Paul Lely to win the Doombin 10,000. He gets he got into the Everest on Thursday as well, Dino, along with Eduardo. I think they're two horses, particularly Marzu. He's a young up-and-coming sprinter who will do good things next season. Big news during the week, Ray, your story about Very Elegant. Yeah, that was um, caught everyone a bit by surprise because the, the announcement had been a couple of weeks earlier that 
Vero Legan would go for a spell, then return and race in Sydney and maybe Melbourne early through to the middle part of the spring, then potentially if the form warranted, there was a race that they targeted in France towards the end of October, a Phillies and Mares race. But um, Very Elegant's owners, her ownership group, have always harboured that ambition to go overseas, Dino, and potentially go for the Ark and race her in Europe. And the decision was made that she would be sent to France and trained at Chantilly, for an extended European campaign. So she'll leave, she'll come back from her spell next week and leave basically by the end of the month to go to France to acclimatise and have an extended European campaign. Dino, I think we've seen the last of very elegant racing in Australia. Let's talk, talk topic. Well, on the back of Magic Round, and on the back of Scone Standline, they're sort of innovations, innovations in sport. Successful ones. It can be not unsuccessful too if you want. I'm just thinking aluminium bat dinner silly once. That was unsuccessful. But innovations in sport that caught your eye. What's one for you, Dino? Gee, innovations in sport. The first one that comes to mind was November 1978. Mm-hmm. 50,000 at the SCG. Australia play the West Indies World Series cricket. The very first day-night game. Extraordinary scenes. Kerry Packer built the Six Towers, which still yeah. stand to this very day, I might add. But that first day-night game revolutionised cricket Mm. to this very day. So if you're talking innovations for me, I'll go Packer, 78, day-night cricket. Fair enough. I'll go Origin. The the decision to um, have New South Wales play Queensland um, and a stay of origin-style concept way back in 1980, Dino. Game three, 1980. Yeah, and it was criticised. This won't last long. It's become... I think, the greatest rivalry it's in Australian beast. sport. Yeah. And so with Origin not that far away, I'd say Origin. But we'd love to hear your thoughts on the greatest innovations in sport, whether they worked or didn't work. Remember Dennis Lee throwing that aluminium bat, oh, one of the great scenes. Call us on 13 53 Listening to Dino and Ray on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. The putters panel will miss Kira Billy win race three. Top two chance for sure, Luke. Yeah, it won't win because our last cash could be a frank. Well, you think it's a moral? Could be a frank moral. I've put it on top. I thought it was the most impressive of all those horses coming out of maiden grade, so I've put it on top for Miss Kira Billy, so you and I agree on something. Our last cash does it again. Comes from well back. Big win. Beat Miss Kira Billy. The putters panel. Friday morning, Racing HQ. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. With Play Central on the Tab app, you can watch the greatest racing from Australia and around the world wherever you want. Like while working on your tan at the beach. Flicking between Sky Racing 1, 2 and Thoroughbred Central while waiting for your car to be washed. And you can watch and bet while you're getting a short back and sides. Play Central, only on the Tab app. Tab, long may we play. Available online for Tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help, 1-800-858-858. 
Well, don't use Lano. They're free delivery from our professional drivers on select laundry appliances at Bingley. But it won't last long. Neither will Lano. Free delivery on selected laundry appliances right now at Bingley. Australian family owned for 65 years. Conditions apply. Point the P in 250 metres to go. Takes the lead from Luntzies up on the inside. True Irish Eye still stays on with Horrifying. Point the P in getting weary. 100 to go. Luntzies up on the inside coming at Point the P in. But Point the P in finds. Point the P in clear. And Point the P in is going to be here on Cup Day. Point the P in has won it from Luntzies through Irish Eyes and warning. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Yeah, and that was Point Nepean for Team Williams winning the Andrew Ramson at Flemington yesterday. That qualifies that stayer for the Melbourne Cup. Scone standalone yesterday, some terrific racing, I think, potentially, Dino. You want to say something? Sorry, mate. No, I was just going to ask you what Scone was like yesterday. Yeah, it was great. Well, it was great. We finally had some sun. It was a really lovely warm day and the sun was out. Um, there was a bigger crowd apparently on Friday, which is normally the case. They have a half-day holiday up there at Scone for their Scone Cup meeting on the Friday. But yesterday, um, good crowd, great atmosphere again. The three weeks have worked really well from Hawkesbury, Gosford through to Scone. And it was just a really good day out. And um, as I said, finally, we saw some sun and we saw a few stars shine. I think none more brightly than the winner of race four. Keep her name in your black book. Woodland Stakes winner in secret. It's Penthouse full of running to the turn from Golden Queen and getting up on the inside is Acapella Sun, followed by In Secret. Bowman's got the favourite into the clear, followed by LaRupin. Luna Rocks down the outside. It's Penthouse, a long leader inside the 200 metres from Acapella Sun, Golden Queen. In Secret's grinding away. It's Penthouse in front by two. In Secret's knuckling to the task now. It's Penthouse tackled by In Secret and the favourite went home best in Secret. Golden Queen and a third, the leader there, Penthouse, who caught on. Yeah, she was very good. The leader had dashed clear, but in secret, who's one of the few horses that Godolphin buy at the yearling sales each year. They only buy four or five. They spent 900000 on her, and they've got a beauty. She scored well in the Woodland Stakes. May go to Brisbane, but I think Godolphin are more thinking long-term. They might have a flight stakes horse there for spring. On to the Luskin Star Stakes. All the rage pre-race was Andermatt, but it was flying crazy. You scored an upset. It's the grey, much, much better, turning in front from Zorro Cat, then Tycoonist and Andermatt. King hasn't touched him as yet, then came True Detective. Inside the 250, it's much, much better, two lengths clear from Zorro Cat. Uh, on the outside, Andermatt flying crazy. He's coming through with a good run. Tycoonus plotting, flying crazy through the middle. Storms to the front. Olmedo's charging home along the rails. Flying crazy in front from Olmedo and flying crazy won the Luskin star. Bit Olmedo and Zorro Cat third. Yeah, Andermatt finished fourth. Was disappointing. Was three wide without cover, though, most of the way. But full credit to Gerald Ryan and Sterling Alexa. That's Flying Crazy's third stakes win this preparation, and he's heading towards the Stradbroke now. On to the Dark Jewel Classic. Another boil over. Tyler Schiller rides Bring the Ransom to win the big one.
Majestic Shot swings in front. Cliffsart going up the inside. Brooksbyer, Fashionel deeper out with Barossa Rosa. Then came Mirror Vision. Further back to Monigle. Wonderbar getting right to the outside with Papali. Legay Soleil still well back. Majestic Shot being tackled by Bring the Ransom up the inside. Bring the Ransom at odds. Uh, then came Wonderbar down the outside. But Bring the Ransom pinches it. Won it by a length to Wonderbar. Never talk. Rattled home into third at the end. Yeah, and we'll talk to Tyler a little later. Um, the biggest win so far of his career. On to the Hortensia Stakes and biggest win of her career, Volpine for Brad Widdup. It's Malkovich up on the inside of Moe's Crown and they go toe-to-toe -to -toe coming around the turn. They beat off Cassie's sister, then came Mr. Mose. Further back to Rangers coming off heels. Lord Olympus the Rouse. A length further back to the bopper. Volpine, Rahiran still back last. Malkovich is gone. Moe's Crown and Mr. Mosaic races to the lead together. Mr. Mosaic moved up on the outside of Moe's Crown. A length away is Rangers. Volpine, 11-11's getting a split late. Mr. Mosaic still in front from Rangers. Volpine the outside. Outside. Mr. Mosaic, Rangers, Volpine the outside, got up to win it, right on the post, Vol Volpine nailed them, got up to beat either Rangers or Mr. Mosaic. And yeah, great call, Darren Flindell, he nailed it, Volpine did get up right on the line to win the Hortensia Stakes. Group 1 racing at Doombin yesterday, the Doombin 10,000 at Eagle Farm, Marzu the favourite, he's just a winner. Zoo style at the 350. About three lengths in front here from Generation. Marzu the outside. Rothfire's making ground back nearer the rails. And Powell Lely's coming down the outside. Zoo style in front. Working home is Marzu. And Powell Lely down the outside. Made as Rothfire. Marzu the leader. Powell Lely the outside. On Trivia coming home late as well. But Marzu's in front from Powell Lely. Marzu. Powell Lely. Marzu. Marzu's won the 10,000 from Powell Lely. On Trivia. Followed by. He will talk to Peter Snowden shortly about Mars, who of course he was put um, selected into the Everest last week prior to his breakthrough Group 1 win in the Doombin 10,000 at Eagle Farm. Also Group 1 racing at Morfittville yesterday. Mick Price and Michael Kent had a, a lot of pre-meeting sort of um, focus on their three-year-old Elation who maintained his unbeaten record in the Adelaide Guineas. But to cap a big day for the stable, another of the three-year-olds, Jungle Magnate, won the Group 1 South Australian Derby. Right around them is Jungle Magnate. Detonator Jack Allegron's held up. They swing into the straight and Jungle Magnate with a lightning turn of speed. Quickly race to the lead. The nephew's out after him. Then Detonator Jack and Yaffet. There's no Allegron. It's Jungle Magnate clear. Detonator Jack's got a lift. Jungle Magnate kept going for Zara. Clear from Yaffet and Detonator Jack and Jungle Magnate. What a win this will be. Takes the chairmans and now the derby. Two links to Yaffet and Detonator Jack. Allegro on fourth. Fear the yeah, and a good ride there from Mark Zara. Dino, um, people want to have their say on the SMS. Quick one here from Glenn, the Bulldog acting coach. Morning, Ray, Bulldog and Tanya. I was watching Channel 7 when I saw some ads for next week's Home and Away. Bulldog, is it true? I hate it when it clicks over like that when you're trying to read something, Dino. Is it true that you finally got yeah. your acting gig? Mm. And if so, are you dead or alive when Dean and his mates get, get you out of the car, the car boot? that you? Did you get a gig, did you? No, I didn't. Kept I'm still quiet. waiting. It's been fascinating home and away lately. <laughs> well, I was disappointed on Thursday. Can't ring you for An hour and a half point. Thursday normally. Back to half an hour. What yeah, Big really? Brother was on. Oh, oh God. Is that going to happen ongoing oh, now? Oh, I hope not. Oh. I hope not. So am I the only person you completely bar at 7 o'clock if your phone rings? Everybody gets barred. <laughs> Even your mum? I'll ring mum back in the ad box. <laughs> You're hard. <laughs>
plenty of people want to have their say. Shane's been waiting patiently. Shane, good morning. Uh, morning, Ray. Morning, Dino. How are you, boys? Shane. Terrific. Shane, what do you got for us, mate? Look, um, I, I agree with Bellamy last night. Even the injuries Melbourne had, they should have done better than what they Every side has injuries this year except Penrith. They're the only team that hasn't got any so injuries. Far. So New, far. Newcastle's, yeah. Newcastle's got 10 on the sideline. Melbourne should have done better. But there is... I can see some things that Bellamy might do. I think Nick Arima will come in a halfback for Cooper Johns. He's too small. Yeah. Brandon Smith will start a lot because he gives us another point of attack. But he's got two young blokes in playing for Q Cup. Will Warbeck, the uh, Kiwi all-black winger, and Jack Howarth, an outside back. It might be the perfect opportunity for Bellamy to start blooding some of these yeah. young blokes because they're going to be losing a few blokes next year. The other thing, too, the big shining light out of it was the comeback of Tui Kamakamitha. Mm. He gives the pack aggression. He's look, got presence, I, hasn't he, Shane? He's he has, mate, and He went yeah. after a few of the Penrith forwards. But oh, I'm confident we'll do the um, Cowboys next week. It's, it's a blip on the radar. Yeah. We'll be back. We'll be back for sure. Yeah, Shane, look, we're all entitled to do post-mortems, and you've just offered up a very intelligent one. But mm. let's, let's not write the Melbourne Storm off no just way. yet. You no know, way. As I said, they're eight from ten still. It's a glitch, but we know what Craig Bellamy's like. We know it's a... It's a Stellar roster, Ray. It's a premiership-winning roster. And mm. I said during the week, Ray, I still, outside of Parramatta, at this very point in time, I can't see what other clubs are going to challenge Melbourne and Penrith for well, Parramatta beat them both, of them. Correct. Mm. But outside of Parramatta, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know about the Roosters, I don't know about South, I don't know about Manly. Things change very quickly in rugby league. But at this point, yeah. I think there's only three teams that can possibly win the competition. For Roosters fans, we need to go to a quick break, but for Roosters fans, encouraging signs last week. Keary scored three tries, had his best game. Their attack started to click into gear, but their big test is this afternoon against Parramatta, who also have got to show that they're consistent, the Eels, don't they? Yeah, they certainly do, right? Look, I'm not going to write off a team like South Sydney when Latrell comes mm. back, Cameron Murray comes back. If they all get, <clears throat> excuse me again, full strength around August... Yeah, let the fur fly. Mm. Then it'll be on for young and old Agreed. as to who can push through and win. But at the moment, yeah, it's a three-horse race. Lot to unplay yet in the 2022 season. Lot to unplay yet on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back shortly. Hunter's Postmortem with Glenn Munsey. The pure country horse is at a disadvantage because his benchmark won't be strong enough to go against the city horses that managed to run one to in any cup. Ron Duffersey. I think people are getting it wrong thinking it's been put on for the country horses. And I think it'll do a really good job. It'll lift the quality of horse. It's got to serve a purpose, this one. Hunter's Postmortem. Monday, 9am, Racing HQ. G'day, it's Sean Garlic here from Garlow's Pies. People often ask me, how did a footballer go from sticking his head into a scrum to making pies? Well, it goes back to when we were just so sick of getting pies that all it was was pastry and no meat. So I teamed up with my brother Nathan and we created a pie which is deliciously flaky pastry on top, a bottom which is rolled extra thin and filling which is just bursting with flavour. You can find us in Coles and Woolworths but only in the chilled meals section. If you can't see us, grab the manager and say, where are the Garlow's Pies? Because at Garlow's Pies, we're thin on pastry, we're big on meat. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. 
your one-stop winter workwear shop. Very funny, guys. <laughs> oh, come on, mate. Dude, Let me in the car. Get in! While Harry's locked out, Tab's locking in their best prices possible on a tote win bet. Activate the lock on the Tab app, and if the fixed odds starting price is better when your horse wins, you'll get the difference in cash. And if your horse doesn't win, or the tote price is higher, you can use the lock yep, again. Yep, real fun. Tab, long may we play. Excludes WA residents. Available once per day on eligible online bets. Max odds difference payout $100. TNC's a website. Gamble responsibly. Call gamblers at 1-800-858-858. Zerkstyle in front, working home is Marzu and Paolani down the outside. Maiders rock fire, Marzu the leader, Paolani the outside. On Trivia coming home late as well, but Marzu's in front from Paolani. Marzu, Paolani, Marzu! Marzu's won the 10,000 from Paolani. On Trivia, followed by Signore Fox. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Yeah, Marzu just winning the Doombin 10,000. This SMS from Peter Dino, whatever the Eagle Farm race call got paid yesterday, it should have been trebled. You could barely see the horses, let alone the colours, but he never missed a beat and he did nail that photo finish with uh, Marzu holding off Pulele. A lot of SMSs coming in, Ray, regarding our talk topic, yes. Ray, innovations in sport. Uh, I won't read them all out, Ray, but a lot. For the wing keel. Bulldog Bob writes in. Ben Lexon's wing keel. Uh, Mick from Goulburn echoes those thoughts. Uh, Mitchell from Fairlight. Cameras in cricket stumps. Mm. Terrific idea. No name on this one. Uh, Seatbelts in motor <laughs> racing. <laughs> Paul from your minor. Greatest innovation. Tie breakers yeah. in tennis. Yeah. And this is an interesting one too, Ray. Milkman Yas writes in, morning boys, innovations, the Everest has become the race that gets mentioned more often than any other, with an honourable mention to the party hole at the Phoenix Open on the PGA Tour. That is great watching that. Fantastic. Oh, like a footy crowd behind that par three. And um, this one too, Dino, um, wouldn't South fans love it? If Adam Reynolds got Dally in play of the year, Sid, he is having a tremendous season. He's taken that Broncos team and all the responsibility that goes with it about being their playmaker, about being their captain, about being their, being their um, uh, number seven, being the person that's the heart and soul of the side. Has it taken his footy to another level, having that extra responsibility, Dino? I think he's lifted the entire Broncos on his back, Ray. Yeah. I really believe that that club's been inspired by Adam Reynolds. And you know what, Ray? Legends are made, in my eyes, from players who can do a brilliant job at two, three clubs. I think if you do it at one club, you can still be rated a champion. But if you can go and take your game to another club, like Cooper Cronk did, for example, at the Roosters. But, but aren't legends also made by one club players? You can, like 100%. the Sterlings and the Kennys but, but and the great Dragons players right, of the 60s? You're right. But I just think if you can go and ply your trade mm. and lift another club to incredible success, I think that increases yeah, and no. improves your legacy. Well, he's dragging that club up, up the ladder, isn't he? And a club yeah. that's been rubbish, right? Yeah, no, For him great. to do what he's doing up there is absolutely yeah. extraordinary. He's doing great things. Um, our next guest has been waiting patiently. Plenty to talk about in the world of racing. Richie Kellner's on the line. Rich, good morning. Good morning, Ray Mondo, and good morning, Bulldog. How are you? Terrific, my friend. And, well, we've completed the standalone circuit. of like drive Dino mad each Sunday morning. Gee, it was a great day yesterday, but I've loved Hawkesbury. I've loved Gosford, and I thought it was fantastic to get that standalone at Scone. 
back at Scone on Saturday after the Cup Day on Friday there. And the whole town, the whole area, that's the heart and soul, literally, of the Australian racing and breeding industry, Rich. I still remember, and you'd remember it well too, when Brian Fletcher and Peter Volandis got together and when Brian was at uh, Hawkesbury and they, they said, we want to have a standalone at Hawkesbury and everyone was up in arms. You mm. don't do that on a Saturday. We race at Ramick or <laughs> Rose Hill. That's the way we do it. We've always done it that way. And that mantra doesn't work anymore that we've always done it that way. The world changes and, and what a start it was from Hawkesbury now with Gosford, with Scone, it's uh, it's exciting and it embraces all of New South Wales in, in different regions. And I'm sure, as I said last week, Wagga will eventually hopefully move from Thursday, Friday or Friday, Saturday and build something special down there in the Riverina. Yeah, there is talk of Wagga potentially getting um, a Saturday race date as well. And their carnival is a beauty. Uh, yesterday, um, so many good storylines too. Rich, um, Tyler Schiller, I don't know if he had a lot to do with this young man, but he speaks so well. Biggest career win yesterday on Bring the Ransom in the, in the Group 3 Dark Jewel. Coming off the back of his hometown win, so to speak, in the Albury Cup and the Wagga Town Plate. But an impressive young man. He's got a big future, Rich. Yeah, he certainly has. He, he kind of... Um, I spoke to him a few times well prior to him coming to Sydney. There was a few stables that were interested in his services. And I reckon I was just thinking back only last night. It was the Canterbury night season this season that really lifted him. He, he, he rode about, I think, six or seven winners at the night season. And he really got that kick along. Uh, Mark Newnham, we know how... Mm. Uh, how good he is with apprentices, uh, with Robbie, and, and of course Tommy Sherry, and, and now with um, Tyler, he's doing a, he's an unsung hero, Martin Newnham, and Wayne Carroll, uh, one of uh, great trainers from down at Wagga, he came up during the week, and um, I saw it because he knows Carl Schiller well from down there. It was just. You know, he, people get proud when someone comes from their region and then makes it in the big form. Rich, does New South Wales need an all-weather track, given the number of meetings we've lost this year due to wet weather? Oh, Dean, 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 Look, listen, let me just say, uh, that question gets me into trouble. Um, look, the, the turnover on, look, the turnover on, all, on, on synthetic tracks is, is poor. I was going um, to chime in there, Rich, sorry. And I was going to say that I know there are all-weather or synthetic tracks interstate they've been tried i know for instance i don't ever bet at geelong i just don't like the racing there they tried it at the sunshine coast they got rid of it i know we've had a terrible year with rain and and there's people still struggling with floods in southeast queensland and northern part of new south wales and our, our hearts go out to them again but i i think there are bigger issues rich but i didn't want to butt in there but that's just my opinion but you might have a totally different one no, no, I agree with you. We're an outdoor sport, but I will say that we've had an incredible wet weather the last mm. few years. Um, I think that the services, um, what the team have done with the poly track, their service is improving, and I think it'll get better in time. But I, I, I've got no doubt in years to come there will be um, a surface that the trainers, you only got to look when we have trials on the poly, on the poly track, Dean, we get, like, 40% of horses scratched out of it or 50%. So trainers don't want to race their horses on them. We've had surveys in the past, but I think in time, uh, and I'm an advocate, but eventually you know, we, we, we get better at everything and the service the service material will be better. And I think that eventually we will have a, an all-weather track perhaps in you know down south, up north, 
and that'll cater for when we get these really horrific weather bubbles. That's fair enough, yeah. Rich, what did you make of the news during the week about Very Elegant? Yeah, look, um, she passed the best. Well, I don't know. I think she just had it. Although she, like, she won a group one last campaign, but she came off the Melbourne Cup. I always look, Dean, if I, if I want to know something about rugby league, I'll, I'll ring you or, or, or Gus, and I, I ask the experts if, you know, maybe they don't have as many winners in the rugby league. I'm five for five this week, but I'll ask the experts. <laughs> And if I'm going to ask, if I need something fixed in my car, I'll go and ask a mechanic. If I, if I want to know something about a horse, I'll probably go and ask Chris Waller, rather than an owner who works in finance, who uh, might get on the TV and see horses racing around. Mm. So I probably ask the experts. Um, I hope she goes over there and win. I had a good chat with Chris, like Ray did this week. But Chris wants to go there and be successful. Otherwise, you get the narcs. And there are narcs everywhere. And I think racing, we breed them. You know, I think <laughs> to be a Noah Dark. And they'll say, oh, Australian racing is no good. Well, she's probably not at her previous best. A few of the owners aren't uh, are selling up, but the money will have to arrive for them before the horse moves. But um, I hope she goes here and be successful. Man, I think. She'll, she'll, she'll struggle. Yeah, hey, Rich, we've got um, talking experts, got one on the line, Peter Snowden, so we we better get him in quickly. Thanks as always, Rich, and and we'll talk next week. And uh, we'll wait and see what happens to Very Elegant. Um, her prep this autumn wasn't the best, but we know she's a champion, and let's see what this hopes she can do well in uh, France. Speaking of horses who just find a way to win, Marzu did it again yesterday in the Doombin 10,000, capped a big week for Marzu's connections as the horse has been selected in the Everest. And co-trainer Peter Snowden is on the line. Pete, good morning. Morning, Ray. How are you? Yeah, terrific, Pete. And congratulations. And, gee, I reckon if anyone was a doubter about Marzu, just watch that race yesterday. I know the margin was slim and Paul Lilly was great in defeat, but you need to be a good horse to find a way to win when you're struggling. And he looked to be... His wheels were spinning on the home turn, Marzu, Pete. Yeah, you're right, Ray. That was a... That's even something that um, he's been winning here, winning quite comfortably and, and looking to win a long way from home. But that's the first time I've seen him come off the bit yesterday. And, mm. and I was worried because I thought uh, wet track it just should be his forte, but it shows you uh, the texture of that grass and how different it is to other grasses because he was just lost. And and, he did, and the weird part about looking at him, he didn't look, look like he was gone physically. It just looked like he was not handling the track. And, and uh, Sammy said the same thing we rang last night. He said it. Wasn't that he's going average, but he just he kept losing his action on it, and uh, like a horse that doesn't like appreciate wet ground. That's as you know, that's not him. But once you start to push him along, he showed a lot of grit there. He had a lot of work to do, and um, I was very proud of his effort yesterday. Uh, Peter, is Marzu the type of horse who will be uh, effective in an Everest? Oh, 100 percent. Oh, that's I think it's rubber stamp yesterday. Um, only the best, the toughest win those sort of races, and uh, I'm very confident he, his horse can keep on improving. Physically, he's not fully matured yet. Um, he's definitely got potential, and he's got grit. That was just grit yesterday. He, was, he could have put his hand up in the corner and run third or fourth, but uh, he wasn't having anything to do with that. He was strong late, and uh, were, and even to win another half a lap again, he'd still, still beat them because he's just a very determined horse. Yeah, he showed that under pressure yesterday. That was a good horse to win. Hey, Pete, look, he's still favourite for the Kingsford Smith Cup and the Stradbroke Handicap, but post his breakthrough Group 1 win yesterday in the Doombin 10,000, what are the plans going forward now? Yeah, look, I haven't spoke to the ownership group yet or Michael or Chris, 
but uh, my view personally would be to stop with him. Uh, I did. Ha- I was thinking about going to Stradbroke because he's so well weighted. It will be, but um, I just think that's a really that's a really tough run. Is mm-hmm. had he won very easily, that would have might have been a different story. But uh, the fact that he such a tough win after he's already had five runs previous to that, and um, and uh, won them all. And uh, I think there's nothing else to prove now. And that uh, the spring comes down quickly. You know, that race is October. It's not that far away, really. You think about racing, sometimes hit them out, bring them in, bring them up. Uh, it doesn't need a lot of time. So uh, my recommendation, that speaking to the owners, is um, I'll be thinking, give them a break. You, you've got that blueprint, haven't you, Pete, through Red Zell back in 2017, winning the Doombin 10,000, being spelled, and then coming back in spring and winning the Everest. And speaking of that, the deal was done during the week prior to the, the Doombin 10,000. And, and a unique deal as well, Peter, because um, the Arrowfield and the Star slot have locked Marzu away for two years, which I think is a vote of confidence, not only in the horse itself, but also in his ability to potentially keep improving. Well, absolutely, it was a it was a good move. It's the first time it's happened, but I think there's good reason for it. This horse is only three, yeah. So you know he's going to get better. Um, he's showing all the right signs to be a good sprinter. Uh, he's young. He's, he's got good, genuine speed. He's tough. He showed that yesterday. He handles it wet or dry. Uh, he ticks every box you want to tick for a horse that can that can uh, that those challenges throw up for an Everest. And the fact that uh, he's, he's going to get better, that's that's the, that's the well, you don't know to guarantee, but the mm. mind, all the years I've been with him, this is the sort of horse, you know, can get stronger with time. And now these attitudes change, he's going to let himself, that, that'll happen. Uh, he still gets a bit keen in his work, but not uncontrollable. But his whole attitude on and off the track now is better, he's just going to keep settling better and doing better in the yard. And he'll get a stronger horse, and to lock him for two years is a smart move, and also. An early move, um, mm. you know. There's been a few moves lately, which I thought have been fairly early, but but um, just for this our, our horse and uh, winning yesterday is a, a rubber stamp that deal for them. They they've got the confidence as we have that this horse will be up that level. Exactly, yeah. And just finally, Pat, I know you didn't have a winner at the two-day Scone Carnival, but sort of hometown for you. And I loved being back there yesterday. It's a great atmosphere, great crowd on track, even bigger crowd apparently on track on Friday and. Um, it's the heart and soul of Australian racing in the Hunter Valley there. Yeah, it was great to go back and catch up with everyone. We didn't get a win yesterday. We, once the wet track was around, it just sort of wiped half the team out, and we'd really been looking to go there. I had nine nominated, only yeah. took five, and only one of those is a wet tracker, so I really struggled a bit on the day. But the one that did he, he ran, he ran a great race. He, he, he ran super. Um, but we, it was good to go back and see everyone. As I said, only get to, once you get back to see the people that I grew up with, and it's always good to go back to your hometown and catch up and... and uh, Reunite the old acquaintances. Peter, I can sense a little disappointed lilt in your voice this morning. And I think I know why. You know what? When it got to, when the scores got close, <laughs> yeah. I turned the television off. <laughs> <laughs> did you know? Did you have a sense of foreboding, did you, Peter? <laughs> yeah. Uh, when, they, when, they, when they got eight points up, I said, oh... That's good. There's still 10 minutes to go. That's bad. So, uh, so what was the score when you turned it off? Uh, they got within two points, and so I said, that'll do. Oh, I can't watch anymore. Yeah, that's, that's a bit like Tanya and Paramedic in close games she can't watch. But, hey, Pete, we can watch Marzu each and every time because he's a terrific horse, got a, a t- tremendous desire to win. Congratulations on his win in the Doombin 10,000 and um, all the best going forward into the Everest come October. 
Appreciate it, Ray. Thanks very much. There's Peter Snowden, who, of course, co-trains Marzu with his son, uh, Paul, and that win took them over $100 million in stable earnings since they came together as a training partnership in 2013, which is remarkable. Dino, I had to um, cut Richie off, and I, I apologise to Richie. We had Peter waiting on the line, but uh, Richie's texted me his two innovations in sport, and got to agree with them, Save Origin, which I mentioned, Save Origin 100%, and the Everest, which a couple of our readers have said the same thing, Dino. No, absolutely. There's been tonnes of uh, innovations coming through, and the text will go through them after the 8 o'clock news, but it's not a bad day when you cut Richard off early. Oh, you can't say that. No, I can. He's listening. But he, he gives it to me. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Hey, Dino, <laughs> time for scratchings. Tanya's in studio. Tan, good morning. Morning, boys. Morning, everyone. Racing in New South Wales today. Just the one meeting at Gilgandra. And we'll have a look at the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. Starting with Gilgandra, the weather is overcast. The track is a heavy nine. The rail is true and there are 45 scratchings. Out of race one, takes seven, I am spirited. Eight, Miss Horsbro, nine, Ohana Joy, ten, Princess of Dubai, and eleven, Red Heron Freckles, seven, eight, nine, ten, and eleven. Race two, number three, the Nomad, five, Sol Knight, six, Lemoni, nine, Camp Cove, and eleven, Howling Victory, three, five, six, nine, eleven. Race three, number two, War Flag, three, Game Cove, ten, Feeling Frisky, the Emergencies, fourteen and fifteen, two. 3, 10, 14 and 15. Race 4, number 1, it's business time. 10, Brooklyn Star. 11, True Pride. Emergencies, 14, 15, 16. 1, 10, 11, 14, 15, 16. Race 5, number 1, Loose Love. 3, Noble Privilege and 6, Anna Zone. 1, 3, 6. Out of race 6, number 2, Hit the Rim. 6, Collège. 7, Olympic Time. 10, When It Rains It Pours. 12, Boquetto. Emergencies 15 and 18, 2, 6, 7, 10, 12, 15 and 18. Race 7, number 3, Major Time for the Cruiser and 8, Brothers of Antrim, 3, 4 and 8. Race 8, number 1, Invincible Dash, 2, Cyborg, 4, Sizzle on the Bridge, 6, Toulon Brook, 1, 2, 4 and 6. And out of race 9, number 2, Rivaldo, 5, Keep It Down, 7, The Bent, Elbows, 13, Fiery Bell, 14, She's Super, Emergencies, 16 and 18. 2, 5, 7, 13, 14, 16 and 18 from Race 9 at Gilgandra. Up to the Sunshine Coast, the weather is fine, the track synthetic, the rail true and 42 scratchings. Race 1, take out numbers 1, 3 and 6, 1, 3, 6. Race 2, 3, 6, 8, 9, 11 and 13. 3, 6, 8, 9, 11, 13. Out of race 3, numbers 2, 5, 7 and 14. 2, 5, 7, 14. Race 4, numbers 1 and 9. 1 and 9. From race 5, numbers 1, 5 and 8. 1, 5, 8. Race 6, 1 and 6. 1 and 6 from race 6. Race 7, numbers 3, 4 and 13. 3, 4, 13. From race 8, take out 1, 7, 8, 10, 11, 12, 13 and 17, 1, 7, 8, 10, 11, 12, 13 and 17, race 9, numbers 1, 3, 5, 6, 10, 11, 1, 3, 5, 6, 10 and 11 and from race 10 take out 3, 4, 9, 12 and 15, 3, 4, 9, 12 and 15 from race 
10 at the Sunshine Coast. Uh, thanks so much, Tan. Tips today with Gilgandra. A couple of shorties early, but I think race one, number one, Dubai Moon, into race three, number one, Astrolith. They both should win. Give us a bank for race nine, number six, Royal Gun Salute each way. Time for the news. It's just on 8 o'clock. Hello, I'm Sarah Wombe. Anthony Albanese is entering the final week of the election campaign with a billion-dollar pledge to boost advanced manufacturing. Lucy Gray reports. Anthony Albanese will use a campaign rally in Brisbane to unveil a billion-dollar advanced manufacturing fund. The body would be used to boost innovation in sectors such as renewables, defence and transport. It's the second billion-dollar announcement to be made by Labor with the party also pledging the same amount to strengthen Medicare. Mr Albanese has toured the tropics over the past week, sweeping through a number of key seats in far north Queensland and the Northern Territory, which could be the key to victory on Saturday. Empty nesters will be given incentives to downsize their homes if the coalition is re-elected. It's the government's latest pitch to help ease pressure on the housing market. Over 55s would be able to contribute up to $300,000 to their superannuation from the sale of a property without penalty. The Rail, Tram and Bus Union is urging the Prime Minister to pledge his support for the planned extension of the Gold Coast light rail. It comes after McPherson MP Karen Andrews voiced her opposition to extend the project unless it was fit for purpose. But RTBU Assistant State Secretary Tom Brown says it must go ahead. Completing that link is vital. It's so important. And with the Olympics, coming up in southeast Queensland uh, in 2032 it, this this must go ahead you know this is sanity to try and uh, to try and derail this project Another critical night for hospitals across Melbourne with the Children's Hospital declaring a code red. The emergency department at Melbourne's Royal Children's Hospital was at capacity for the second time in under a week as the state's health system continues to struggle. In a statement posted on Facebook, the hospital said its emergency department are experiencing extremely high demand and extended wait periods. The hospital said it was working with Ambulance Victoria to die divert less urgent cases. A 16-year-old is fighting for life after being hit by a car in Perth. Police say a black sedan hit the teenager, sending him flying for metres. The driver reportedly didn't stop to help the victim. North Korea has reported 21 COVID deaths in its first outbreak of the virus and a significant surge in the number of cases. Jean Lee, a journalist who's lived in North Korea, says the country is not going to be able to cope with the virus. This is a society that is built around controlling the people. And so what we can assume is that there are going to be very strict, stringent lockdowns, how people are going to have access to food and, and supplies when they already have very little access to them. But I hope that they'll get more people vaccinated and start accepting vaccines that have been offered. Briefly, the UK's Prime Minister says 50 migrants will be sent to Rwanda in the next fortnight. The $120 million plan has drawn criticism from human rights organisations and some members of the ruling Conservative Party. And Russia has stopped supplying electricity to Finland over the country's bid to join NATO. This is Air News. 
To NRL, the Gold Coast Titans have clinched a 20-16 win over the Dragons at Lang Park. Titans coach Justin Holbrook says it wasn't easy, but they're thrilled with the win. I felt like we, you know, we, we, we were looking the more dangerous, but then in the end you never know, do you? So uh, to get the try at the end at Golden Point was brilliant and exactly what we needed. The Panthers and Rabbitohs also posted wins. Richmond has held off a fast-finishing Hawthorne, winning a classic at the MCG by 23 points points. The Hawks closed the margin to 10 points with six minutes to play with the Tigers kicking the last three goals of the match. Tigers coach Damien Hardwick says despite the win, they can do more. It looked like a Richmond game. We just couldn't quite get the scoreboard reward, reward I thought we deserved and then the ball goes down the other end. They, they get some, you know, some nice easy goals so we can certainly play a hell of a lot better. There were wins to Port Adelaide, St Kilda, Sydney and Brisbane. Western United has defeated Wellington Phoenix in an elimination final winning 1-0 at home. United now take on Melbourne victory in the semi-final. Liverpool has defeated Chelsea in a penalty shootout to claim the FA Cup and the Hockey Roos remain undefeated in the Trans-Tasman Series after a one-all with New Zealand. Australian Independent Radio News. Wherever you are in New South Wales, Sky Sports Radio's there too. On Braidwood, 87.6 FM. Maruya, 98.5 FM. Parks, 99.9 FM. And Jindabyne, 102.7 FM. Lord Mayor's Community Day is a firm family favourite. Packing in a host of free kids' activities, including Paw Patrol live stage shows, amusement rides and much more. All against the backdrop of thrilling racing. Entry is free on May 21st at Rose Hill Gardens. Mum, do you know how long Electrolux has been in Australia? Yes, over 100 years. Do you know how long Westinghouse has been here? Yes, over 60 years. Mum, do you know there's a bonus digital prepaid MasterCard up to $200 on selected Electrolux and Westinghouse kitchen and laundry appliances right now at Bingley? Yes. Mum, is there anything you don't know? I don't know. Don't miss our special Electrolux and Westinghouse deal at Bingley. Australian family owned for 65 years. And now for the most exciting two minutes in sports. The very best of U.S. racing seven days a week. Looking at Lee, can't catch, always dreaming, who's the 143rd winner of the Kentucky Derby. Live and exclusive across the Sky Racing Network. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. Don't blink or you'll miss it. The Snooze Flash Sale is now on. Half price on selected mattresses and selected bed frames. Hurry, sale ends Monday. It's amazing what a little snooze can do. T's and C's apply. Sydney CBD, The Rocks, Barangaroo and Piermont. Closures and special event clearways in place due to the half marathon, including Carl Expressway both directions till 11.30am. Use the Harbour Tunnel southbound instead if you go into the eastern suburbs. Is your home as packed as peak hour traffic? Safely stored all the things you love with Storage King. Visit storageking.com.au. The kings of storage, moving and more. I'm Luke Jermaine, number one in racing on Sky Sports Radio. On the big sports breakfast, interstate weather.
And we'll start with Sydney, a shower or two about heading for a top of 26. Melbourne's partly cloudy and 21. Showers persisting in Brisbane, heading for a top of 28 degrees. Hopefully that rain clears soon. Perth, cloudy and 19. Adelaide, a shower or two, heading for a top of 20. Showers increasing in Hobart, 19 degrees. As usual, first time here up in Darwin, Dino, sunny and 33. And for the nation's capital, a shower or two and 19. Plume with it, into a cover sack, no one saw that coming, I think he had more surprise than anyone. The 17 year drought is over, Sydney, the NBL 22 champions, 3-0 sweep of the Jack Jumpers. And the corner, Asaka! The Titans have their third win of the season. This to win the FA Cup, it's there! On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray here in Penrith. 32 defeated a, an injury-depleted Melbourne Storm 6, but that's taking nothing away from the Panthers. They were very, very good last night. Uh, just repeating a couple of earlier scores in Magic Round there on Saturday. The Titans in Golden Point 20 versus the Dragons 16 and the Rabbitohs held on 32-30 against the Warriors. Big second hour coming up. Peter Peters will join us shortly. Um, Tyler Schiller will come on the show to talk about his career best win on Bring the Ransom at Scone. Dino, has Wayne let us know the score in the yes, he League has. Super Quiz? It's 8-6 to you. Okay, League Super Quiz is on this hour. Jared Daffy's back feeling better and more fighting fit every day, which is great news. And Phil Moss will be in a buoyant mood this morning because Liverpool have won the FA Cup, beating Chelsea in a penalty shootout. They also defeated Chelsea in the League Cup final in a penalty shootout as well. Not a great way to win or lose a final, is it, Dino? Penalty shootout. Depends whether you want or not. Yeah, I'm a Liverpool supporter. So <laughs> it's a terrible way to lose one. Yeah. I, I want to mention too quickly, Ray, uh, just after 9 o'clock news, our special guest is Todd Carney. Mm. I've interviewed Todd a number of times. He's a fascinating interview. He's always honest. He's up front. He's made mistakes. He admits to them. Uh, so, yeah, tune in after 9 o'clock. I reckon Todd Carney, as always, will be a really good interview. I- exactly, yeah. And, Dan, we didn't make mention of the fights last Wednesday night. Um and Paul Gallen, I think that might be his last fight. He he was as tough and warrior-like as he always is. But Chris Terzievsky was just too good and won the Australian heavyweight title. Might have been the last time we see Paul Gallen in the ring. But also uh, Nikita Sue, brilliant again. Harry Garside, brilliant again. Tears some depth in Australian boxing at the moment. Yeah, Gal's a champion, right? Yeah. I've always loved Gal. He's an inspiration to me. The way he played his football, the way he fights. But he's 40 now. He doesn't need to prove anything to no. anybody. And you know what? I hope for the sake of Gal, he does retire. He, he's done it all. Mm. And you don't want to see blokes going on too long. But look, just after the fight, Junior Paulo was front row saying, I'll fight Gal after the yeah. the, uh, the season. So there's always an offer there for a boxer. Exactly, but just yeah. want to keep luring more, them, more luring them yeah. back into the ring. 
And our talk topic today is great innovations in sport. So SMS us on um, 0419767272 or call us on the open line 135353 about great innovations in sport or indeed, do you know anything to do with sport? You've got some SMSs there? Got a lot of SMSs, Ray, but this one, Rocco, are you blokes fair dinkum or not? It's bad enough for Peter Peters to continue to bag Kevin Walters. Any chance of mentioning Kevy? who may have had something to do with the Broncos' turnaround. Absolutely, Rocco. We haven't bagged Kevy at all. In fact, we've applauded Kevy. What would you call it? Do you know the Kevolution? The Kevolution, yeah. All we've said is that I think on field, Adam Reynolds has made mm. one hell of a difference up there. I think he has lifted the entire side as good playmakers do. Let's see what our next guest says about that. Peter Peters is on the line. Zorb, good morning. Morning, Ray. Morning, Bulldogs. Ah, yeah, Kevin Walters, he... Should be on his hands and knees every day, thanking um, thanking whoever got um, Adam Reynolds to the club because he's turned them around. Gives some direction, great kicking game. Got two tall wingers and he kicks to them beautifully, as we saw uh, on on that demolition job of uh, of Manly on uh, on Friday night, uh, Saturday night. Mm. So, but if you're a South fan, are you now thinking what the hell went on back? then when he walked out? Or are we saying, look, let's just move on. He's, he's made his decision, he's found a new home, and we've got to start to look to the future. No, it was a massive blunder. He got kicked out of the club. Simple as that. He wanted more than one year. They weren't willing to give it to him. It's a blunder. Um, you've got to own up to it. Nobody is, so I notice. Um, they're starting to blame the football manager now. Um, I wonder. I just wonder if it came right from the top. I reckon it would have had to have. Mm, yeah, it anyway, it's done now. Yeah, and, um, can't change and the it now. The Broncos are laughing, and they are. Look, those young forwards they've got, they're all about 23, 24 now, and they're coming through, and they looked awesome the other night, mm. albeit Manly were absolutely disgraceful. And um, I don't know what's going on there, but um, certainly they're in denial over mm. Tommy Turbo. I mean, everybody that watched that game, when you compare Tom's input into that game, the way he chased players to the corner, the way he didn't um, didn't explode onto the ball. Uh, they're in denial over his fitness. Zorba, uh, I'm a little bit confused. Do you think he copped a knock on the night? Because at the press conference, I mentioned it earlier, that Daly, Cherry Evans and Dez didn't seem to concede that he was injured. So, I mean, clearly he was. We could see him hobbling around. It was strapping, obvious. Strapping on his knee and leg. But yeah. is it an existing injury that uh, took a whack or is this a new injury? I saw him the week before, and he got through the game okay. But we're not seeing the brilliant Tommy Turbo of last year. We're not seeing him power under the ball um, from kickoffs and from around the rucks, taking the ball up like a like a forward in the middle. Uh, I mean, it's just not happening. Really, if you look at form this year, Tom's not in the first five or six fullbacks on form. He was way ahead of everybody else last year. It was a sublime year. He's a shadow of the brilliant fullback who dominated last year's premiership. The situation, I think, raises huge questions, especially after Coach Des Hassel, as you said, he was adamant after Friday after Friday's game that his star number one was okay. Last season, Manly's highly respected Dr. Nathan Gibbs and the physio James Ramey left the club for their own volition over the lack of dialogue and difference of opinion between the medical and sports science departments. Manly didn't handle that situation well. Right now, those issues appear to be relevant, and Turbo's health is in question, 
and that's sending danger signals out of Manly. Don't forget, just over a week ago, they were denying any uh, any Kieran foreign uh, exit, and we all knew that um, at the time that was being denied, foreign had already told the team mm. that he was going to the Titans. So lots of things you've got to be put right there, and I don't think that Tommy... Well, I know Tommy's not right. You've only got to look at him. Yeah. And that's strapping. Uh, he's doing exercises at halftime. Um He's, he's really struggling, and I think it's sad to see. Give him a rest. Get him right. Mm, I think Andrew John said the same thing post the game. It was sad to see a champion struggle. Broncos 38, Sea Eagles nil. Other games so far in Magic Round Zorb. Knights 16 against the Bulldogs. Six Rabbitohs yesterday, 32-30 against the Warriors. The Titans in Golden Point, 2016 over the Dragons. And Zorb, what did you make of the Storm Panthers clash? Storm losing Pappenhausen and Jerome Hughes. Massive outs, but Penrith 32-6. They were in total control, particularly in that second half. Not many sides can be bullies and brilliant. This Penrith side, just applaud them. They are exactly that. They can bully you. They can beat you with brilliance. They can beat you anyway. Now, Penrith 2022 don't lose two games in a row. They were absolutely specials to win that game last night, albeit I didn't think by that score. But they're a rare juggernaut in that they can mix up that brilliance and the brutality. Sure, they towed up a below-strength Melbourne Storm last night, but the Storm were minus star backs, Jerome Hughes and Ryan Pappenhausen. Up front, they were just about at full strength, and they got blitzed. Zayo, Billy Army Kikau and Liam Martin took no prisoners, and they were outstanding. Penrith simply overcome everything. Whatever's in front of them, the weather, no head coach on deck for a couple of weeks, doesn't matter. It, they, they could have six players in the New South Wales side. Um, it won't matter to them then. They'll still win. They're a great side. Enjoy them while we're at the peak of their powers because a couple might leave next season and uh, they will go on the decline that all great clubs have to go through after an era on top. But my word right now, I don't, I don't see anything on the horizon to beat them. Zorb, Parramatta's Reed Marnie. And Canterbury, or Penrith rather, Villiarmi. Soon to be Canterbury. <laughs> soon to be. Yeah, Penrith, Villiarmi, Kickout are going to Canterbury. Do you think subconsciously at worst they're questioning their move? Matty Burton oh, too. Probably. I wouldn't be sleeping at night if I was either of those two players. Uh, they must be having second thoughts about that decision uh, to go to Canterbury. Kickout, um, he's just in sublime form. Uh, and, and to go to Canterbury, where, where players are going there and losing their form. Um, some players there out of real form um, after moving there, and um, to leave a high-flying club for the disappointing Bulldogs next season um, would be a real a real worry, I reckon. Reports today, continuous speculation around the Dogs coach, Trent Barrett, um, Five wins out of 34 games is his record. 15% been highlighted today. The 16-6 loss to the co-seller dwellers Newcastle on Friday has just intensified the pressure on Barrett. They can't score points. After 10 games, they don't have 100 on the board yet. Not 10 a game. Zorb, the uh, critics just like text in. Naden, Paul Vaughan, Tavita Pangai Jr., particularly fullback Matt Dufty, they're struggling big time for form. Dufty won't be resigned, according to Mail coming out of Belmore, and Gould 
won't sack Bill Barrett, but the board just might. They're ruthless. They play West Tigers at Leichhardt on Friday night. I reckon it's a watershed game for the Bulldogs and Trent Barrett. It's absolutely vital for Barrett if they go down to the West Tigers at Leichhardt, which is a, which is a hard ask on a Friday night. They're not easy to beat there. Then watch for the Vultures to come in. The critics text in Zorba. Uh, I'd love to know how much money the maestro Gus has flushed down the toilet at the Bulldogs this year on a team of misfits, or is the team just badly coached? Look, I I think it's a bit. I don't think they're being. I don't think they've got enough attack. They don't have. They don't have a. Um, a hooker that's uh, got the guile needed in the NRL. They they don't have a fullback that 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 really is the modern day fullback. Um, they're struggling. I mean, Ado Carr's got to go looking for the ball. He's really putting in, and he's one of the big guys that is delivering. Not many of the others are. Naden Vaughan, as I said, in terrible form. So is Matt Dufty. Mm. I don't know where they go, but I do know this. That, that Bulldogs board, there have been brothers vote against brothers there. So when it comes to a coach, they won't uh, they won't uh, have any qualms about getting rid of him. But um, if 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 the rumours are right that Gus will stick by him, maybe he'll hang on and um, hopefully get a chance to turn it around. Maybe Gus is going to step in step in again this week as they. It's just a must win. If they don't win the game against the West Tigers on Friday night. I, I don't think that um, I don't think Barrett's going to last. Yeah, it's a huge game. Hey, so before we get your tips today to complete round ten and the magic round, three more games to go. This is from Jesse from Albion Park. Hey, Bulldog and Ray, but we'll run it past you, Zorb. That was the game the Dragons threw away last night. Their middle has to be the worst in the competition. The attack is just as bad. Sorry, but cannot see them playing finals this year. Very disappointing. Obviously. Jesse is a Dragon supporter who's hurting big time this morning, Zorb. Yeah, I thought it was a great game in terrible conditions. Um, and the Gold Coast did enough to win. I don't think the Dragons were that bad. I, I think they um, um, they were they were quite good. I think it's probably the best we've seen the Gold Coast go. Um, and, and, and I think that... Um, no, I wouldn't write to George off for the, uh, the top eight just yet. They've got a pretty favourable draw coming up in the next few weeks which should see them go into the top eight. Um, no, I don't agree. I think, mm. they've, I think they've got some hope of, um, of making the eight, and, and I thought that was easy. The Gold Coast's best performance last night. Um, I, I, I wrote down, as I was watching the Magic Round, and I think it's been a huge success, who's provided the Magic so far, and we've spoken about Adam Reynolds. He's the, he's the Merlin of the um, Magic Round so far. Try, four tries, assists, seven goals from seven. Masterclass, but behind him, I had little Jaden Campbell. He's the number mm. one for the Gold Coast Titans. He ran for over 200 metres in those shocking conditions. He made several clear line breaks, including one of about 60 metres. He took high kicks with courage and skill in, as I said, shocking conditions. He's a chip off the old block. Mm. Um, a lot of precedent in him. Comeback game to the NRL for him last night in that Golden Point thriller. I thought it was a great game. And my other. Um, Magic round star so far is Billy Army Kickout. Masterful performance on the left edge and did it all for the Premiers against their arch rivals, the Storm. He's in career best form. Mm. And um, 
really. Uh, I, I, congratulations to all those that, that have been involved in the Magic Round in terrible conditions, great crowds, a lot of atmosphere there in Brisbane, and um, it's the place for it. Um, just on uh, Cameron Munster last night, he might not have provided all the magic they needed last night in Magic Round, but he can do it all on the footy field. So too can a racehorse called Munster. <laughs> he tried a clean pair of hooves to the rest of the field when he cleared out for an easy win in race four at Morfordville in South Australia yesterday and paid $6.80 to win your race, Ray, the Thomas Memorial Handicap. <laughs> you got me already gone already, Zorb. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did look good, Munster. Hey, Zorb, I didn't have a good day in the punt yesterday, coincidentally. You mentioned the racing at Scone. So can you help me and the listeners out today? There's three games to go to complete Magic Round, Round 10 of the NRL. 1.50pm, the Sharks take on Raiders. 4.05 games. This should be a beauty. Roosters versus the Eels. Then at 6.25, the Tigers versus the Cowboys. How do you see them, Zorb? Well, I, all of the games so far, um, you've got to have a good kicking game. And um, and that's what will decide these games today. Uh, I think the Sharks will beat the Raiders, um, but I think it'll only be a, a 1 to 12 win. I think the Eels are capable of putting a good score line on the Roosters, who are pretty disappointing. Um, I'll go for them to win 13 plus, and uh, the Cowboys in. In sublime form, we're, we're, we're seeing a side that really is emerging. I mm. like the way they play. They've got some great young players in their side coming through in the backs and in the forwards. And um, they're being led around the park well. And their experienced players are playing well. Cowboys 13 plus. So I'm Sharks and Eels to win those games by um, 1 to 12. Mm-hmm. And 13 plus for the Cowboys against the Tigers. Yeah, three great games to watch this afternoon. Zorb, appreciate your thoughts as always on a Sunday morning and we'll talk next week. Okay, boys, play. Thanks, Zorb. There's Peter Peters talking all things NRL, Dino. Yeah, just a quick look at that draw, Ray. Mm-hmm. While Zorb was talking, the Dragons, they do play the Warriors, the Bulldogs, and then they've got the Bye. So, okay. you know, if there's such a thing as a soft draw over the next couple of weeks, I think the Dragons have it. What's Adrian's thoughts on the Magic Round and in particular Bulldogs? He's on the line. Adrian, good morning. Yeah, okay, guys. Look, first of all, just want to talk about the storm before I talk about Bulldogs. I mean, Ryan Pappenhausen and Jerome Hughes are arguably the best one and seven in the competition. Massive outs. So, Massive yeah, outs last night. Yeah, yeah. to say, there's you know, no, no Einstein, you know, comment to make that the storm, you can write the storm off. That's ridiculous. No. The Storm could win the grand final by 16 points against anybody, and I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yep, agreed. No, I'm not going to argue with you, Adrian. They're a great yeah. side, and you, you can't yeah. read too much into that last night, except that Penrith were were just in total oh, control in the second yeah. half. Yeah. Now, just just when you when you go look recruitment retention, you can't get it right all the time, obviously. But it's so important who you extend, who you let go, and when you sign. You know, what Canterbury should have identified is they needed a game manager. And they needed a quality goal kicker. Straight away, it's Nico Hines or Adam Reynolds. Seriously. They should have, uh, so disappointing in Gus Gould and, and the management there that they didn't zero in and re- identify that. Now, what Canterbury has to do, it's, you know, everyone's saying, oh, you know, we need more time, we need more time, it's four rounds, six rounds, eight rounds. They haven't improved one bit. They, they, you know, they're, they're, there must be something with their fitness. They just drop off. There's no, there's no, um, you know, you know, fluency in their attack. I mean that's 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 all on Barrett and the coaching staff and the and the and the 
you know, the work they do in the gym as well as fitness goes as well. But they need a complete clean out as well. They need they, they need to I deal with the elephant in the room and tap Josh Josh Jackson on the on the shoulder. It's not just him, but every other everyone they can get rid of out of that club, they need to get rid of. Don't sign anybody. How can you keep Jaden Ockenball and let Nick Meany go? I'll say this though, Avery. You say they need a complete clean out, and that's fine. But we said that last year, and they did that, and they bought a whole new roster in essentially. So can you then say the following year, let's rip the guts out of the roster again? They've made their bed. They've got to line it with this roster that they've bought. Got to give them a chance, I suppose, haven't they? Yeah, but hang on. You can't. You, that's why Trent Barrett must go because he hasn't improved the team through the offseason going into round 10. They've, they've won four from their last 35 games. They've gotten worse. Hmm. Yeah, with better, with better quality players they've brought in. So that's all on the coach. Why is their fitness so poor they should just, you know, can't, you know, they're not one offload in the whole game. That is unforgivable. They, you know, Trent Barrett. And, and Josh Jackson at the, at the press conference should have said, we resign. Oh, but panel operators. <laughs> Keep going. There are a lot of um, disgruntled Bulldogs fans out there. And you, and you can understand why, Dino, because so much hype in the off-season about some of their buys. And they did get some huge buys. Like Matt Burton's been playing pretty well. He's, his form has been improving. But um, the team isn't clicking, is it, basically? Their wins that they've got have been hard-fought and scrappy. The desire is there, but... Lacking in attack, aren't they? Lacking some quality and class here. People should <clears throat> never underestimate the expectations at Canterbury Bankstown. They mm. are a successful, famous club yeah. for decades, and it's very difficult to digest winning four from your past 35 games, Ray. Mm. This year was supposed to be the new horizon. The new roster would come in, Gus had spent a bomb on all these new players, and to be fair, new players had to be bought in. But are they the right players? Because at the moment... Something's not gelling, mm. and perhaps the roster wasn't well constructed. Hey, Dino, we'll go to a break on this thought from Rooster Man. Boys, Adrian needs to find a new team and ask him whether he would take Ponga. He hates everything about the dogs. <laughs> He's not a happy man right now, Adrian. That's a good point, Rooster Man. Quick break. Listen to Dino and Ray on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Barb Joseph on gaining her trainer's licence. My husband was a butcher in those days and we bought the butcher shop. And there was a fellow walked in and said he had this horse out in Barnsdale that he could get. He was 10 year old. We bought him for $600. The Bombala races were on. I went out to the stewards and asked her to get a license. You know, they wanted to train the horse. And they said, have you got a stable? I said, no, but I'll build one. Monday's Experts. Monday's Experts. 11am Monday on Racing HQ. Get into Totally Workwear Bridalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Bridalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. With Play Central on the Tab app, you can watch the greatest racing from Australia and around the world wherever you want. Like while working on your tan at the beach. Flicking between Sky Racing 1, 2 and Thoroughbred Central while waiting for your car to be washed. And you can watch and bet while you're getting a short back and sides. Play Central, only on the Tab app. Tab, long may we play. Available online for Tab account customers only. Gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help, 1-800-858-858.
Join champion thoroughbreds in racing a quality New Zealand-bred time test colt with Group 1 winning trainer John O'Shea. Time test broke the track record over 2,000 metres at Royal Ascot with his lightning turn of foot. Time test has hit the front and kicks on. Time test has bolted up. From the family of multiple Group 1 winner Kermadec. Shares from just $5,500 for 5%, including all expenses until June 30, 2022. Visit championthoroughbreds.com.au. AFSL 334760. Majestic shot being tackled by Bring the Ransom up the inside. Bring the Ransom at odds. Uh, then came Wonderbar down the outside, but Bring the Ransom pinches it. Wonder by a length to Wonderbar. Never talk rattled home into third at the end. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. And that was Bring the Ransom. Dino winning the big one yesterday at Scone. That was the Group 3 Dark Jewel Classic, courtesy of a, a brilliant Tyler Schiller ride. He sort of took the, the shortcut home, Dino, and that led to hit the biggest win of his career. And I'm pleased to say Tyler's been good enough to join us bright and early on a Sunday morning. Tyler, good morning. I think we can just hear you, Tyler. Hopefully that line will improve. Congratulations on your win on Bring the Ransom. And I mentioned to Dino earlier, it was a bit of a gamble coming into the home turn. You could have tried to angle out why we're, it was believed that was the better part of the track, but you you took the shortcut home closer to the rails. That was the winning move, Tyler. Yeah, it ended up being the winning move. I um, bided my time at the top of the straight and mm. looked for all my options and that just looked the most easiest to loom passage for her. And once she hit the hit the gap, she was just super strong. Yeah, she was fantastic. And it's been a, a great few weeks for you, Tyler. You won the, the Albury Cup on Harmony Rose. You won the Wagga Town Plate on front page. And you sort of, I think you were born and, were you born and raised in the Riverina, Tyler? Or? Yeah, just yeah. in Young. Okay, so that would have been fantastic wins for you. But you were asked yesterday where this win rates and you put it right on top, Tyler. Yeah, definitely. Being up on the main stage in Sydney's a big, big um, boots to fill coming through Mark Newnham's stable, and I was very glad to get the opportunity yesterday. Hey, Tyler, you're 23. You must look around and see your mates going out at night and having long sleep-ins. What sacrifices... <laughs> no such thing as a sleep-in. Uh, exactly. That's what I was going to ask, Tyler. What sacrifices do you have to go through to be an apprentice jockey? Yeah, well, you definitely have to sacrifice your life, Um my first boss, Phil Sweeney, down in Geraldry there, told me it was a lifestyle, not a life, when I first mm. joined. And I always knew that it was going to be a long road, but it's a very re- rewarding one if you keep taking the opportunities that come. A- any second thoughts, though, Tyler? Because it is a tough life, isn't it? There is, as Dino mentioned, you, it, they're long hours. You've got to make a lot of sacrifices, particularly as an apprentice, because you've got to get up in the morning and do the, the stable chores, so to speak, this morning. So... When you initially start, I know you've got an innate love of the thoroughbred, but are there any second thoughts initially, Tyler? Uh, not really. There's not really anything else I wanted to do. So yeah. to be able to do this job, being able to enjoy it, it's definitely hard up here in Sydney trying to um, stick it up with, stick up there with the big, big fellas. But um, it's very rewarding, and I think it's very worth the hours that, that you put in. Yeah, no, I can see where you're coming from. And and you've had a, a, a structured career, and I say that because you came to Mark Newnham, I think about a year and a half, almost two years ago, Tyler, but as markers want to do and has proven it to be a very successful formula, he had you ride primarily at the country and provincial 
uh, centres before coming to town full time. Again, were, were you worried about where your career was going at that time or, or did you have faith in Mark's system? No, when I signed up with Mark two years ago, coming up two years, um, he assured me that I'd start at the provincials and just get grounded and try and build up a bit of a support base, which worked with Robbie Dolan and Tom Sherry before yeah. me. So I was always confident that Mark would have me on the right track. And it shows now that coming up into the Metro League, that going through those provincial stages really um, grounds you as a rider and gets you more mature and experienced coming through. Yeah, Mark certainly found the formula, hasn't he, Ty? Because Robbie... Um, as a two-time Sydney Apprentice champion. Um, of course, Tom won that title. Tom Sherry won that title last year. You're leading this year as we go into the winter months, Tyler. I guess that's your goal now to focus and try and win that Apprentice's Premiership? Yeah, definitely. I've had a little lead for a little while now and all I have to do is keep keep the momentum up and it's only going to get harder, but i just got to keep toughing it out and my manager's doing a great job and Mark's doing a great job with the boys in the stable as well. Hey, Tyler, away from being a jockey, do you like other sports? What What do you do in your recreational time? Have you got an NRL team you follow? Honestly, when I became a jockey, I cut out everything sport-wise in my life. I don't really watch any TV or anything. Um, you haven't got time, Tyler. <laughs> just, just work. And it just engulfs your life, doesn't it, Tyler, to some yeah, degree? Mm. It's just a sacrifice that I had to make, but it's all worth it because I love the horse, to be honest, more than any sport, so... It's really, really good. He must be an incredibly driven young man. I don't know. I just, I just love racing, and my mum got me everywhere I needed to go through all the trainers, and there's been a lot of people behind me supporting me, which really helps. And um, my family's been a great support base. Yeah, well, that dedication and your commitment to the sport is certainly shining through at the moment, Tyler. Congratulations on your win on Bring the Ransom yesterday, your first at group level. I hope it's the first of many to come and the very best of luck in your quest to win the, the Sydney Apprentices Premiership this season. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, Dean. Thank you, Tyler. There's Tyler Schiller. I think it's the first time we had him on the show. Speaks very well for a young man and rides uh, really, really well. He's got a big future, Dino. So, Ray, tell me. I, I don't know the answer to this. Maybe I should. What does a jockey do? What time would he get up in the morning? And what would his early morning duties be? Well, a senior jockey and an apprentice are very different. An sure. apprentice would have to get up probably 3.30, 4 o'clock, most stables, and um, ride their track work, but also prepare their horses, clean the boxes up, et cetera, et cetera. So he's actually got to clean the boxes? Yeah, 100%, yeah. And clean it's not glamorous, stuff. is it? No. It, it, no. To some degree. None at all, yeah. But even trainers do that to this day. You go and see John Hawkes at the stable. He's mucking out the... The horse manure and things like that, but it, it, it's just part of the job for an apprentice. That that's um, essential part of their role. Then they obviously got track work, barrier trials, race riding. To me, one of the, the most difficult aspects of the job um, is the tyranny of distance. By that I mean a lot of the younger younger apprentices, and particularly the country jockeys, have to drive huge distances. Dino, long four or five hours to get to a race meeting, and they've got to turn around and come home again most days because they've got to go somewhere else the next day. So, it's a tyranny of distance. They're time poor, as Tyler said. You, he's got no time for anything else, and it becomes a lifestyle. You just got to immerse yourself in that job because. Um, it does engulf you, Dino. Does that make sense at all? Isn't it funny, Ray? You yeah. see them on the weekends or midweek and mm. they'll ride a winner and the crowd cheers and they jump off the horse. And they're the glamorous moments. Yeah. But you don't see what goes on behind the scenes Correct, yeah. for them to get to that moment. 
you know, it is a, a tough lifestyle. But uh, I think Tyler just mentioned something at the end, you know, which is I think um, similar to all people involved in racing is that love of the thoroughbred. That's why they do it. They just love being around the animal. And um, I think you, sp you speak to any trainer or um, stable hand or apprentice jockey or jockey, uh, that's a common theme. Hey, Dino, score check quickly. Wayne let us know, didn't he, about the League Super Quiz? You ate me six. Thanks so much, Wayne. So call now for the League Super Quiz on 13.53.53. Call now. There's a $100 cash card courtesy of Tab to be won on the League Super Quiz. Call now, 13.53.53. Hunter's Postmortem with Glenn Munsey. The pure country horse is at a disadvantage because his benchmark won't be strong enough to go against the city horses that managed to run one to in any cup. Ron Duffersey. I think people are getting it wrong thinking it's been put on for the country yeah. horses. And I think it'll do a really good job. It'll lift the quality of horse. It's got to serve a purpose, this one. Hunter's Postmortem. Monday, 9am, Racing HQ. What are you doing? I'm taking a washing machine to the car for a customer. Well, you've never done heavy work before. Oh, now I know why. Do you know what washing machines weigh, Mum? Way too much. Phew. Well, don't use Lionel. Get free delivery from our professional drivers on select laundry appliances at Bingley. But it won't last long. Neither will Lionel. Free delivery <laughs> on selected laundry appliances right now at Bingley. Australian family owned for 65 years. Conditions apply. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. Very funny, guys. <laughs> oh, come on, mate. Dude, let me in the car. Get in. While Harry's locked out, Tab's locking in their best prices possible on a tote win bet. Activate the lock on the Tab app, and if the fixed odds starting price is better when your horse wins, you'll get the difference in cash. And if your horse doesn't win or the tote price is higher, you can use the lock yep, again. Yep, real fun. Tab, long may we play. Excludes WA residents. Available once per day on eligible online bets. Max odds difference payout $100. TNC's a website. Gamble responsibly. Call gamblers at 1-800-858-858. at Eden Park and the Blues march on they extend their lead at the top of the Super Rugby Pacific table with an emphatic 53 to 26 win over the Reds on Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend and now uh, welcome back to the show and uh, before we go to the quiz some sobering news is breaking Dino um, we're hearing very very sadly that Australian cricket is once again in mourning following the sudden death of Andrew Simons overnight. We haven't got details of what exactly has happened here, but this is terrible news coming not so long after Shane Warne's passing. To lose a, a cricketer and commentator of Andrew Simons' stature, uh, this is another tragedy developing as we are live on here at the moment, Dino. Yeah, it's uh, certainly... Rocked me, Ray, and I'm mm. sure it's rocked you. Like everybody, the only detail I can seem to find at the moment was that he has passed away in a car accident overnight. <clears throat> Terrible. We had Andrew Simons on the show maybe 18 months ago as our legend, and <clears throat> one thing about him, he was extraordinarily 
um, honest about both his shortcomings and indeed the shortcomings of some of his teammates and players he played with and against. And he remarkably honest person in that regard, which made him so compelling to interview Dino and to listen when he was commentating on cricket as well. A few details have just come through, Ray. He was involved in an accident outside Townsville where he lived in retirement. This is from Robert Craddock. Mm -hmm. It happened at 10.30pm uh, Saturday night. A single car crash. Simon's family has issued a statement confirming his passing and appreciate people's sympathies it's terrible and news. best wishes. Well, we might try and get Robert Craddock, who's a great friend of the show, to see if we can get him to come on and just um, uh, let us know about this tragedy that has happened overnight to Australian cricket, indeed for Australian sport. Andrew Simon's a, a tremendous cricketer um, uh, at test and one-day level and, of course, a, a familiar face and voice on the summer of cricket in commentary. And uh, sadly, uh, Andrew has passed away overnight in a car accident. Yeah, aged 46, Ray, 26 mm -hmm. tests for Australia and, of course, part of many of those all-conquering Australian one-day sides which claimed World Cup glory. We'll take a quick break. Coming up next is the League Super Quiz. <laughs> Welcome back to the show and we'll, we'll get on with things and just repeating that very sad news that's breaking. Andrew Simons, of course, um, uh, very sadly has lost his life in a car accident overnight up there in North Queensland. Dino, we'll get on with the show to the best we can. It's League Super Quiz time. Producer Steve in studio for the coin toss. Dino. Yeah, I'll go heads, please, Steve. And heads, heads it, is. it is. Okay, I'll take player number one. That would be you, Joel. I think it's Joe. Hey. I'm sorry, Joe, it's you. Joe, are you there? Yeah, I'm there. How are you going? Yeah, good morning, mate. Let's go. Very sad news. Yeah, yeah I'm Terrence a bit rocked. And, and yeah. Ray certainly rocked as well. Very shocking. Yeah, he's a no. wonderfully gifted... I always said Andrew Simons was one of those gifted cricketers, a bit like Glenn Maxwell. They just had it in their hands. They were born to play cricket. Yeah, and it was fantastic to listen to, as I mentioned earlier. I don't know if you watch a lot of cricket, Joe, but as a commentator, he was compelling, wasn't he? Because he was so honest, and he, he called a spade a bloody shovel sometimes. Yeah, he was a, in a bit of the Rod Marshmallow. Yeah, he was. I, yeah. I think I remember, Ray, he hit a six at the MCG to bring up his first, first test, test century yep. against England. Had that great partnership, was it? Oh, I can't mean a sec, but that's when he scored his first test hundred and he was magnificent. But anyway, good luck, Joe. Joe. Let's Very get best of luck, quiz. mate. Question number one. Yep. Yep. Which Brisbane Broncos player had the nickname of Pearl? Steve Rudolph. Well done, Solid Joe. Start. Well done. One from one. What was the year, the last... Sorry, Joe, I'll rephrase that. What year was the last premiership winning season for the St. George Dragons? Let me just stress St. George Dragons, not St. George Illawarra Dragons. What year they last won it or they yes. last played? Last won it? Yes. Uh, 77? Uh, actually, it is multiple choice. Joe, that was my fault again. Yeah, Sorry. We'll, we'll give him a chance. No, run the multiple choice It was choice multiple pass. choice, Joe. Multiple choice, Joe. So here we it go. It was A79. B82 and C85. Uh, 79. It's Correct. Sorry, day, Joe. Dino. That was my fault. 17 13. That was, it was against the Bulldogs. Yeah. They led 17 2, I think. 17 2 or 3 and at the half time. Anyway, but well done, Joe. You're two from two, two, Joe. You're flying. Question number three How many Mortimer brothers played in Canterbury's 1980 grand final win? Was it 
A1, B2 or C3? No, it was actually three. Creta, three of them, they? Peter, yeah. Chris and Steve. All, all of that famous win. Yeah. The entertainers okay. under Teddy Glossom. But Two from three, Joe. Well done. Yeah, good start from Joe. We go across to Paul. Paul, good morning. G'day, how are we? Terrific, Paul. Hey, Paul, we need two to tie, three to win. So very best of luck. Question number one. Which NRL main home ground stadium is the highest above sea level? Um, I'll say Townsville. Yeah, it surprises me. Bruce Stadium uh, in Canberra, do you know? GI Stadium in Canberra. Wouldn't I would have never have that. guessed that. Wouldn't anyway, have got that. 631 metres above, above sea level, level, right? Yeah, I would never have guessed that. It was a tough one, Paul. Question number two, Paul. This one's multiple choice. What year was the last premiership winning season for the Brisbane Broncos? A, was it 2000? B, 2003? C, 2006? I'll say 2006. Yes, solid, Paul. We're on the board. We need this one to tie. Question number three. It's multiple choice again, Paul. Which club is the only team in the NRL era to win just one game in a season? A, South Sydney. B, Newcastle. C, Western Suburbs. I'll say Newcastle. It was. Newcastle in 2016, just the one win. So, Paul, well done. We're into a tiebreaker situation, Paul. Here's the question. How many games did Eric Groth Sr. play for Parramatta? And, Paul, the answer is between 100 and 200 games. Eric Groth Sr., how many games did he play for Parramatta? I'll say 149. Okay, stay on the line, Paul. Across to you, Dino. Tiebreaker. Yeah, Joe, we're in a tiebreaker here, and the question is how many games did Eric Groth Sr. play for Parramatta? And the answer is between 100 and 200. 176. Okay, no. here we go. Back to Paul. The answer is 152 games. Paul, with his answer of 149, 149. is closest. Paul, congratulations. Um, Paul, stay on the line. A $100 cash card courtesy of Tab is coming your way. Well done, Paul. Right, thanks very much. Good on you, Paul. Score check, Dino. 9-6. Jared Daffy's life lesson coming up next. And now, Jared Daffy's life lesson. Jared, good morning, and what's our life lesson for today? Good morning, boys. Uh, I'm just sitting here stunned, I think, like yeah. probably every listener that you've got, and uh, obviously the wider community later in the day about that news about Andrew Simons. Staggering. How sad is it? Just staggering. Rooster Man yeah. just texted in. Jared, I just thought I'd read it out to you. The things I remember about Andrew Simons, his smile with the zinc green, mm. the larrikin, and standing up for racism. And Michael texts in And, of too. course, the shoulder charge. Remember that when he shoulder charged the, 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 the pitch invader. <laughs> and Michael texts in, boys, I've just got chills. Mm. So sad. R.I.P. Roy. Yeah. And over the last three or four years, he'd really uh, forged... He'd been in the media anyway, but he'd mm. really forged a, a permanent spot there uh, in, the, you know, in the Big Bash, etc. So, yeah, no, it's so well, sad. Plus, Warnie and Andrew Simons from that commentary team in a matter of, of weeks. Mm. It's just hard to comprehend... Jared, it, um, yeah. it is. Uh, uh, life lesson today. This is one for you, Dino. If you're at the South Pole and you dig a hole, are you digging up or down? That's good. That's up. very good. <laughs> That's very good. But it is a good one. I'd say if you're the more you think down, about it, the more confused you get. Well, wouldn't you? Yeah. If you're down at the South Pole, wouldn't you have to dig up? <laughs> 
you dig up. Well, I would think so, but many people might argue gravity might uh, <laughs> Gravity might be an issue there. You got us thinking on you, Jared. Hey, Jared, Magic Round has got us thinking, and well, can anyone stop the Penrith Panthers this season? Well, right now you'd probably say no. Well, obviously, Melbourne had some players out last night, but they're back into 275. The Storm out to 375. Parramatta are there at $8, but we haven't seen a lot of interest in them at that quote. Cronulla 10. The Roosters 11. Manly are back out to 17. South 17. And, and the Broncos, $21. Now, I know earlier in the week they were $1.80 to make the eight. So a timely bet from one tab customer, 10000 at $1.80 to make the final eight. They're into $1.40 now and looking good. What about State of Origin? Jared, it's not too far away. Should we go to the games today first, Dino? Uh, yeah, just quickly yeah, the games sorry, today. Sorry, Dino. Yeah. Uh, Cronulla a dollar twenty-two, Canberra four dollars thirty, uh, a line of eleven and a half points. That's uh, a got... fair way apart there, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Um, good Canberra could definitely. Yeah. Well, I don't know about win, but they can get within that eleven and a half start. The Roosters are outsiders against Parramatta two twenty. Parramatta a dollar sixty-seven, a line of two and a half. That's one of those games where we're seeing money both ways. And the West Tigers, uh, all lengthy outsiders, $3.50. North Queensland, $1.30, a line there of eight and a half points. I can't recall the last time that uh, that uh, all three Queensland sides won. Someone will know, but um, that might happen today. As far as the origin is concerned, well, yeah, it isn't far away. What, three weeks? And we've got game, well, we've got game one and the series up. Game one, New South Wales, $1.35. Queensland three twenty five a line of eight and a half in the series. New South Wales a dollar forty. Queensland at three dollars. AFL matches today. Yes, uh, we've got uh, Gold Coast two fifty. Fremantle a dollar fifty three nine and a half. GWS have been absolutely crunched in uh, the market since um, Leon Cameron uh, well, mm. resigned, uh, and of course last year we saw a similar set of circumstances with Nathan Buckley, and they won that game, Collingwood, uh, at his last game. Very worried. Yeah, so am I. Uh, $1.67 GWS, $2.20 Carlton, a line of four and a half points. Should be a good game, though. And the final one for the Ramble, uh, uh, this is for Thrill Seekers. Melbourne, a dollar and one uh, to beat West Coast at $17, a monstrous line there of... Uh, 66 and a half. And Melbourne Demons just get shorter and shorter to go mm. back to back. $2.50. Brisbane good again without their forward line last night. 475. Frio 10. Sydney 12. Geelong 14. Richmond uh, sneaking into calculations at 15. And Carlton at $16. And Jared, the NBA playoffs continue. Have you got a team in America, Jared? Uh, Golden wins. State Warriors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. Uh, but Golden State Warriors. But. Yeah. This is one of the most open final series. I mean, I, I fleetingly follow NBA, but in the 25 years or so that I've been following, this is the most open ever. Uh, we've got a day off today, but we've got an early start tomorrow at 5.30. Boston, $1.46. Milwaukee, $2.80, a line of five points. And Phoenix, $1.37. Dallas, three twenty, which I'm sure some will find attractive. And a line there of six and a half points. And the latest with the federal election. Well, this time next week, we might well know uh, who the Prime Minister is going to be. Maybe. Uh, they're into $1.25 now, Labor, which is the shortest they've been um, since they overtook uh, Coalitioners' favourites a couple of months ago. Coalition out to $4. 151 seats we've got open. We've got 190 markets open on that election. So there's something there for some uh, for everybody, but very short now, Labor. Bear in mind, last time... Uh, 
ScoMo Coalition got out to seven dollars on the day of that election. Really? Oh, mm. So outsiders can win. Yeah. Hey, Jared, it's great to have you back. You made a comeback last week, sounding fitter and healthier every day, mate. So good to have you back on on deck, and we'll talk next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jared. There's Jared Daffy talking all things the world of odds. Hopefully, we'll get Phil Moss up very shortly because he will be up and about with Liverpool winning the FA Cup final overnight in a penalty shootout against Chelsea. Um, Dino, and that comes after they won the League Cup final also in a penalty shootout against Chelsea. Nil-nil at full time last night, as it was in that League Cup final. We mentioned earlier, horrible way to lose, but if you win, you don't don't really care. Phil Moss won't care because his Reds have won the FA Cup. Mossy, good morning. Good morning, Ray. Morning, Bulldog. I haven't watched the match yet, Phil, so you have to take me through it. Can um, Did you watch the FA Cup last night and did the best team win? I should say it that way. Well, I was kind of hoping you wouldn't hear from my voice that it's been a late night. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, plenty to cheer about. But did the best team win? Because penalty shootouts, when it's nil-nil, you're always, you know, it's a horrible way to lose. But if, if, you, if you win it, you'll take it every time. It is, that's right. But um, look, I'm going to go to the, uh, I'm going to point to the fact that Liverpool hit the post a couple of times. Louis Diaz, Diaz and uh, Andy Robertson uh, both hit the woodwork. So I'm going to say Liverpool deserved the win based on the fact that they came closest to scoring. Um, but the penalty shootout always uh, creates drama, doesn't it? Mm. Mane having his penalty saved by uh, Mendy uh, that would have won the game. And then, uh, and of course, uh, Alisson with a big save from Azpilicueta. Um, during the penalty shootout, allowed uh, the Greek scouser or the scouser who is Greek. We're not <laughs> sure which. Uh, Costas Simakas uh, to win the uh, win the game for us uh, with the winning penalty. But it was a, it was a magical moment after the game in the in the presser where he said, "I'm not a Greek scouser. I'm a scouser who is Greek." <laughs> and uh, I thought that was a really pertinent moment. But no, look, second trophy, uh, League Cup, FA Cup. Uh, the Premier League is uh, it's a toughie yeah. with uh, Manchester City three points ahead, but certainly the Champions League is well within our sights. The big talking point for Liverpool and Liverpool fans, aside from lifting the trophy, was the uh, injuries to uh, Salah and uh, Virgil van Dijk. So, bated breath we wait um, leading into that uh, Champions League final to make sure they're OK. Exactly. Uh, Mossy, I know Danny wants to talk to you about the A-League final, but just quickly, Liverpool's next two games, they play Wednesday night away at Southampton, then next Monday week, the 23rd, at home to Wolves to complete the Premier League season. They need to win those two games and hope Manchester City slip up. And then the Champions League final is Sunday, May 29, against Real Madrid. I know Salah said he will definitely be fit for the final. Yeah, that's right. And West Ham uh, West Ham um, have to go to Manchester City. So Manchester City have got West Ham uh, away and uh, Villa at home. So that's how the final mm-hmm. couple of games looks. Mossy, <clears throat> excuse me, A-League finals. I think we had Adelaide against Central Coast, Western United against Melbourne Victory. Yes. Uh, no, we got... Uh, so last night it was Western United um, and they beat... Um, uh, they beat Wellington uh, 1-0, Prujevic with a fantastic goal, and it was a really high-quality game. Chances at both ends. Both goalkeepers, Jamie Young and Ollie Sale, were outstanding on the night. Um, Jamie Young pulling off a save that was uh, compared to Gordon Banks' fam- famous wow. save for England against uh, Brazil. Yeah. Uh, 1970. 1970, was it? Okay. Against yeah. uh, Pelé's header. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, mate, I, I saw this save, and it, it's right up there with that uh, Gordon Banks save. Obviously, yeah. a 
a lesser stage, but uh, but a really important save nonetheless, and an incredible save. And then today, Adelaide are going to host uh, the Mariners, and they're part of my multi as well. Terrific. Well, of course, um, Dana did mention Western United, and they do go through to play Melbourne Victory now next week. Yeah, that's right, and that's a two-legged yeah. uh, game, so we get two Melbourne derbies in uh, in seven days, which is fantastic, uh, and that's just what the game needs, the league needs. Uh, the shame of it is it can't be a, uh, a Melbourne derby in the grand final, but uh, we'll take a two-legged semi-final any day, Correct. so that should be a ripper. And Adelaide United Central Coast, as you mentioned today, is an elimination final. Hey, Mossy, I've got to give you kudos where it is due. Just for our Brisbane listeners, they're about to go to pass the post. If they want to continue to listen, they can do so uh, on the app or on the internet. But Mossy, you predicted this at the start of the season, that Ange Postacoglu would go to Celtic despite all the criticism and all the, all the, the negative comments he received being this Australian, getting this plum job. Celtic FC are Scottish Premier League champions. How good is it, Ray? Mm. Just brilliant. Um, the big news is Tommy Rogic is moving on, um, but uh, let's park that for a moment. Uh, Ange Postacoglu, was, he came, he saw, and he's conquered. Um, and he eats pressure for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the guy. He's just incredible. He, he laps it up and took over the, the worst Celtic squad by, by uh, local... <laughs> so, so they um, said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in 30 years. Um, and, and the thing I loved about his speech the other night when they clinched the title, not the one last night, but... Um, was he said we've had to fit two seasons into one, a rebuild and winning wow. the, the, the title. And to do that is phenomenal. To do that as a foreign coach in your first season in a, at a club like Celtic is just, it's superhuman. Um, so he has really put himself on the world map now. Mossy, what do you think? Um, obviously Celtic, I want to keep him, but does Ange want to go to the English Premier League? Oh, look, honestly, Ray, I haven't spoken to him about it, um, but I, it would not surprise me one bit. But I don't think it'll happen straight away. I think he's he's got a uh, a real project there to uh, to return Celtic to, um, um, to to perennial winners of that league against uh, Rangers. So I think that the, the project has only just begun for him there. So it wouldn't surprise me if he stayed there for, for another couple of seasons at least. Um, but when you look at Steven Gerrard going from... Rangers to the to the Premier League with Villa. Um, Ange Postecoglou's CV is so much better than Gerrard's in, in coaching terms. Uh, he just hasn't got the profile, although that's <laughs> that's starting to ra- rise quite mm. swiftly. Any news on the Socceroos, Mossy? Uh, well, Tommy Rogic uh, is, is probably the main news. Uh, Graham Arnold's over in Europe doing some scouting, um, watching his players uh, play before he names a squad for the June seven. Um, uh, qualifier against UAE. Um, but Tommy Rogic has announced overnight, and it was an emotional farewell mm. from Celtic Park for him, that he's going to leave Celtic after winning several trophies, um, league titles, cups, etc., etc. Um, so watch his space. He won't be coming back to the A-League, unfortunately, um, for us. Uh, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where he lands. Um, but a really, really important month coming up for the Socceroos uh, is... Um, understating the importance of what's just about to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Phil, well, we better get Chimolti. And, of course, we have got that elimination final today, Adelaide United versus Central Coast, but plenty of EPL action later on tonight. My second side leads desperately trying to avoid relegation against Brighton there at home at Ellen Road. Where are we going with our multi, Mossy? 
Yeah, that's right. And just a quick one, Nottingham Forest uh, won overnight as well in the, the playoff to, to come up to the Premier League. So oh, that was fantastic. a big result yeah. for, uh, for them. But uh, look, multi-four-legger, um, Adelaide and Mariners to draw in 90 minutes. Um, and then if you wanted to go same game, I'm tipping Adelaide to win in extra time by the odd goal. I think that'll be a really tight game. I think it'll be a really good game. But Adelaide Mariners drawing 90 minutes into Spurs to beat Burnley, into Everton to beat Brentford, into Wolves to beat Norwich. Terrific news. Hey, Mossy, thanks so much, and we'll talk next week. Good on you guys. Have a great day. As we go to the news, a quick one here, Dino. Hi, Bulldog and Ray. Life lesson for today. Tell your family you love them. You never know what can happen in the blink of an eye. I didn't know Roy Simons or Andrew Simons personally, but he portrayed uh, as a gentle, genuine, humble person. I think everyone agrees with that thoughts. Very sad news this morning. Andrew Simons passing away in a car accident overnight in North Queensland. Here's the news. Hello, I'm Sarah Warmby. There's now less than a week to go to Election Day, which electorates are the ones to watch and could change government. NU's reporter Shannon Morris joins us from Richmond in Sydney's northwest. Shannon, why are you there? Sarah, Richmond in this area, Greater Sydney, is in the Macquarie electorate, Australia's most marginal. It's currently held by Labor's Susan Templeman on a 0.2% margin, and if Anthony Albanese wants to win government, he'll need to retain it. He'll also need to keep Lily in northern Brisbane, Cowan in northern Perth, and Eden Monero in southern New South Wales to move into the Lodge. Scott Morrison also has several tight seats. He'll need to keep these to remain Prime Minister. Bass, which covers Launceston and North East Tasmania, is the most marginal for the coalition. It's held by Liberal Bridget Archer on a 0.4% margin. Others include Chisholm in Melbourne's East and Boothby in southern Adelaide, while Dave Sharma has a fight on his hands with independent Allegra Spender in Wentworth in Sydney's East. The nuts and bolts? Anthony Albanese only needs to win seven extra seats to form a majority government. It's good news for Labour on the online betting sites, but as we learnt from the last election, how regional Queensland took home the prize for Scott Morrison, nothing is a certainty. The campaigning continues today. Labor leader Anthony Albanese is in Brisbane announcing a billion-dollar advanced manufacturing fund designed to boost innovation in sectors such as renewables, defence and transport. And increasing housing stock for families will be at the centre of the Prime Minister's pre-election pitch as the Liberal Party officially launches its campaign in Brisbane. In the US, at least 10 people have been killed in a supermarket shooting in New York. Buffalo police say the alleged shooter is in custody. An eyewitness has told CNN the shooter was equipped with military-style gear. I've seen a guy in a full army suit just shooting shots at people. And then I've seen the guy go in army-style, bent over, just shooting at people. And I saw three people laying down. So I was just screaming for somebody to call the police. And, and then he came out and he took off his bulletproof vest, put his hands behind his back and then they arrested him. A toll-free tunnel will be built under the Blue Mountains to slash travel times and ease congestion. Zach De Silva reports. The $8 billion proposal will see 30 minutes shaved off travel times between Sydney and the Central West. The 11-kilometre tunnel will be the longest of its kind in Australia, stretching from east of Blackheath through to Little Hartley. The Great Western Highway will also be widened to two lanes in both directions. Deputy Premier Paul Toole has told The Telegraph shovels could hit the ground as soon as early next year. 
Yesterday's wet weather, an interest rate rise and Saturday's federal election haven't dented Melbourne's housing market. Real estate agents are reporting one of their busiest May weeks for years. Realestate.com.au data shows from 390 results, a preliminary clearance rate of nearly 84%. A house in Northcote sold for $502,000 above its reserve. Also in news, the heavy rain that's hit southeast Queensland in the past few days is starting to ease but rivers are still rising and a social development expert believes there's been an increase in aggression among schoolgirls. The University of South Australia's Barbara Spears says social media and changing social attitudes have led to the rise. This is Air News. The NRL Magic Round continued yesterday in Brisbane. Terry Daniel reports. Penrith has been too good for an undermanned Melbourne side with a 32-6 victory. Panthers piled on five tries to hand the Storm their heaviest loss since 2014. Melbourne coach Craig Bellamy says he expected better from his team. You know, three guys out from last week, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, other teams, if that happens, that's going to happen again this year to us as well, you know. So, in the day, you know, the guys that come in, you know, we expect them to do a job, you know, and just play their strengths and and get their job done. In the other game, South Sydney have defeated the New Zealand Warriors 32-30, while the St George Dragons have gone down to the Gold Coast Titans 20 points to 16. Terry Daniel, Airsport. In the AFL, St Kilda delivered a massive second-half turnaround to snatch victory from Geelong by 10 points at Docklands. Saints Paddy Ryder bagged three goals, telling Fox Sports the team stayed determined. Right, we knew it was going to be a battle tonight. In that second half, there, our boys just dug in. Sean grit their teeth a lot in the contest, and I reckon that's what got us over line. Wins also to Port Adelaide, Brisbane, the Swans and Tigers. The Hurricanes have come back from 15-0 at halftime to defeat the Waratahs 22-18 in the Super rugby. The Blues and Fiji also posted wins. And there's a new safety car rule at the Bathurst 12 hour. All lapped cars will be given a free pass under safety car conditions, meaning they get the lap they lost back. Australian Independent Radio News. A Marcus Oldham Diploma of Equine Management can lead to meaningful and rewarding careers, both domestically and worldwide. Marcus Oldham's close links with industry and international relationships, which include study tours and work placements, provides graduates with the unique opportunity to secure equine careers across various disciplines, including horse health, marketing and business management. Turn your passion into a profession with a Diploma of Equine Management and visit marcusoldham.vic.edu.au. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. On Sky Sports Radio, the traffic report. It's Super Weekend at Maya with great offers like 30 to 40% off a great range of women's fashion. Ends today, in-store and online at Maya. Exclusions and conditions apply. Closures around the CBD, Rocks, Barangaroo and Piermont due to Sydney Half Marathon, including Macquarie Street till 11.30am between St James Road and Hunter Street. Also Carl Expressway till 11.30am both ways. With my 7-Eleven's fuel price lock, you could save on fuel. Lock in your best local 7-Eleven fuel price and reduce 
redeem within seven days. Savings not guaranteed. Visit 711.com.au for T's and C's. I'm Lucha May, number one in racing on Sky Sports Radio. On the big sports breakfast, interstate weather. And we'll start with Sydney, a shower or two today, heading for a top of 26 degrees. Melbourne is partly cloudy and 21. Showers about still in Brisbane, heading for a top of 28 degrees. Over in Perth, it's cloudy and 19. Adelaide is a shower or two about and a top of 20 degrees in Adelaide. Uh, Hobart showers increasing there and 19 degrees. Darwin, sunny and 33. And for Canberra, the nation's capital, a shower or two and 19 degrees. Clune with it, into a carbon sack! No one saw that coming! I think he had more surprise than anyone! The 17-year drought is over. Sydney, the NBL 22 champions. 3-0 sweep of the Jack Jumpers. And the corner, Pasaka! The Titans have their third win of the season. This to win the FA Cup. It's there! Jimmy Cass! Stuff by Penrith, they're just picking them apart now. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. And welcome back to the show with Dino and Ray. A big final hour coming up, but just repeating for those who may have just joined us or have not heard the news yet that tragically overnight, Andrew Simons, the former Test cricketer and, of course, a commentator on Fox, has lost his life in a car accident in North Queensland. Still coming to grips with it. Dino, another legend of Australian sport because he's a legend in many ways, um, losing his life so young at just 46 years of age. Yeah, absolutely devastating news. After warning Rod Marsh, mm. the accident happened just outside Townsville, Ray. Uh, Queensland police have issued a statement saying it was a single car crash at Harvey Range. Simon's vehicle left the road and rolled. Paramedics tried to save him but were unable to. Very, very sad news and uh, still, as I said, trying to come to grips with another legend of Australian sport taken far too young at the age of just 46 years of age. Big final hour coming up. Very shortly we'll talk to Todd Carney about his career in the NRL and indeed having a look at the Roosters' Parramatta game, which will be, a, I think, a real blockbuster this afternoon. Are the Roosters back, Dino? Are Parramatta consistently going to produce that effort they did against Panthers last week? We'll learn a lot about both sides this afternoon. We certainly will, right? I think the Roosters really need to... Make a statement. I mm. think it's, they're overdue, and if they want to be considered title contenders, I think they need to bowl over a big gun, but bowl over a big gun in an emphatic style. And on the flip side, although Parramatta have beaten Melbourne and Penrith this year, they've got to now produce that sort of effort week in, week out. True. They need that consistency, mm. but you know, they're a very good football team, Parramatta. Yeah. Don't, don't underestimate them at all, Ray. They are in this competition up to their necks. Absolutely, yeah. And on their day... They'll bowl over anybody. I can't mention here how solid that Parramatta are premiership threats this year. Tanya won't hear of it. They're too superstitious. <laughs> Daryl Carey will come on a little bit later. He's the Acor, CEA, Acor Stadium CEO. A lot of 
terrific news coming out of Acor Stadium shortly. Um, of course, that Barcelona FC versus the A-League All-Star game in a couple of weeks is selling out fast. Tanya with a sports update a little late in this hour. And, of course, Phil Buzz Rothfield will join us with all the latest NRL news. But our special guest today, our legend of league, is Todd Carney on as we count down to this big game between the Roosters and Parramatta this afternoon. And Todd's been good enough to join us on a Sunday morning. Todd, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you going? Terrific. And thanks for joining us, Todd. And, and Todd, um, I know Dino wrote a terrific story about you late last year, but are you still involved in the game this season? Yeah, yeah. I'm, still, um, I'm just down in Byron now. We've got training this morning. We've got uh, rained out this weekend, so we're just doing a session this morning. So still down at the Byron Red Devils. Uh, it's my fourth year down here, so it's... We've had a few years with COVID um, putting the comp on hold, but yep. this year we're going all right. We're um, two from three uh, with, with no game this weekend. But, yeah, still really enjoying it. Um, love the coaching side of it. I bet about to say, are you the, the captain coach, Todd? And what position are you playing yourself? Yeah, I'm still <laughs> playing the halves. I'm captain coach. Yep. I, I don't do too much. I um, <laughs> stay, away from, stay away from the dirty stuff and, and just uh, yeah, try and get the boys around the paddock. Uh, yep. We've got a pretty good squad down here this year and, uh, it's just good seeing uh, the boys from my first year here and they're still here now and how, how much they've developed. Uh, Todd, big game up there at Magic Round this afternoon. We just touched on it. Roosters v Eels. You're a, a Roosters legend. Who wins and why? And can the Roosters win this year's competition? Do they have the ability, Todd, or has the window closed ever so slightly? Oh, I don't think the, the window closes on... A club like the Roosters, um, they've still got some quality players. Uh, I think with Luke Keary and his injury last year, it's like anyone. Uh, when you come back from an injury like that, it takes time to, to get back into it. And um, He showed last week, he showed glimpses of it, and I'm sure once him and Sam Walker's combination get better, uh, the Roosters will get better. Uh, they've still got a young, a few young outside backs that will still get used to playing week in, week out NRL. And, um, and obviously, it's <laughs> player like Joey Manu in their team, um, it makes them makes them a dangerous outfit. And I think they'll um, they'll give Parramatta a shake today. And you, you also played for the Sharkies and the Raiders. They clashed the, later on this afternoon in the final game of Magic Round, and that'll be an intriguing clash. The Sharkies are pretty short in the head-to-head betting, but the Raiders, you just never know, Todd. Well, yeah, the thing with the Raiders is they've got a very big forward pack, and if they go forward and... Uh, as we all know, when it's wet weather footy, um, the forwards do more of the damage. So I think Canberra will will be in with a better chance than the, the bookies have showed them today, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, all in all, I think Cronulla's been really good this year. Uh, their spine's playing outstanding uh, in Nico Hines and Matty Moylan. Um, so mm. yeah, it's going to be a good game of footy, both games. Uh, Todd, just pushing forward a few weeks, you obviously also played State of Origin. Uh, the Blues, we've got a few injury issues. Uh, Latrell's not going to be there. Cam Murray, Ryan Pappenhausen. Do we, as in the Blues, have the depth to overcome those losses? We've got Queensland oh, listeners, Dino, don't forget. <laughs> no, they've gone. Yeah. They would have gone, have they? Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think so, uh, Bulldog. You, you look at, you lose Cam Murray and you've got Isaiah Yada will spot straight in the 13 or Victor Radley. Um, Nico Hines will probably fill that spot that Pappenhausen was probably going to be picked for. And then you've got a number of centres putting their hand up each week um, to take over Latrell's spot. Um, so I think we're, we're in good hands. Um, obviously, there's some good Queensland players um, firing at the right time of the year. But um, yeah, I think New South Wales will be fine. 
Toddy, just looking back at your career, you, you, you achieved so much. Mm. You were such a brilliant player. But, you know, we can't shy away from the fact there were some also some down points in your career. Do you ever look back with any regrets or did you just live the life that you wanted to lead? Oh, I guess you have regrets at some point, Bulldog. But if you look back, have regrets on so much of it. Um, you, you won't be happy with what you achieved. And um, while I, I did fall short in some things that I would have liked to achieve, uh, I did achieve a lot. And uh, it, it, it shaped me for who I am today. Um, I'm, I'm really happy with, with the life I live. Um, obviously, we take a few things out, but um, it's made me a person I am today. And um, I'm really grateful for what I got from rugby league and um, with, with how my life is now. Um, I think it shaped me for who I am. So, Yes, there's regrets, but um, you can't really dwell on them too much because uh, no one lives a perfect life, I don't think. No, very well said. And just a quick snapshot for the Raiders. You played 71 games, scored uh, 29 tries. The Roosters, you played 44 games, scored 22 tries for them. 51 games for the Sharkies, scoring eight tries. You did have some stints overseas at Catlins, Dragons, Salford and Hull, Kingston Rovers. As Dino mentioned, three games for the Blues. You also played one game for Australia. Can you tell us about that moment when you pulled on the Blues jumper and when you pulled on the green and gold for Australia, Todd? Oh, their dream comes true. They're things that you you, you set your wildest dreams as a kid, and um, I was quite fortunate enough to do that. Uh, I think my first time I threw the Blues jersey on, um, I was that nervous that the game went so quick. But mm. um, yeah, and then to play for my country um, was it was a special it was a special moment in my career. Obviously, um, the, the, the guys I got to play alongside and um, played at Eden Park against uh, New Zealand was uh, a special special moment in my career and something that I um, hold highly. Toddy, I've spoken to you a few times in recent years and yeah, I just touched on the trouble you found at times in your career, but you seem so relaxed at the mm. moment. You seem so so calm and you seem like you're in such a great headspace. It's it's really lovely to hear an yeah, interview you, that you, you, you're feeling so good about yourself. Oh, mate, you, 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 can't, you can't drill on your life. Um, I've, I've got everything that I need. I've got a lovely partner. Um, I've got a stepdaughter and, and my own son now. Um, so I've put that into perspective of, of what I had playing rugby league and um, family and, and obviously a healthy life outweighs that. Um, obviously, rugby league was a big part of my life and I've got a lot of life to live and um, I need to be that kind of a person around my family and uh, moving forward. And, uh, I'm in a really good place. And I, I think I'm confident and comfortable with where I am because I did go through some, some hard times and um, life these days is pretty pretty cruisy, Dino, and um, it's, it's pretty pretty relaxing. So it's, um, it's, hard, it's pretty hard not to um, be relaxed. Yeah, you, you might have answered my next question, Todd. I was going to ask you... Um, the NRL, is there any ambitions to maybe return to the NRL and coach one day? Oh, I don't know about it at the highest level. I'd love to be involved in the game. Um, I do. I, I work now full-time at a school called Men of Business um, for disengaged youth. Um, so I run the rugby league program there and do some mentoring stuff. Um, I think I, at some point in my life, I would love to step back in the NRL and not so much coach, but I'd like to be around the youth and um, the up-and-coming kids um, that we're going to have and try and guide them through my my, my life the way I did and um, because it, there's going to be times in, in the NRL where there's players that go through some hardship or mm. struggle with 
with um, life or more so just about the, the pressure of NRL and stuff. So it'd be good to, to get in there somewhere. But at the moment, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with what I'm doing um, with my life. No, fair enough. Hey, hey, Todd, can I ask you about bush footy? Obviously, as you mentioned, you're, you're playing up there for Bi- at Byron and you get a pretty good handle, no doubt, on how bush footy is going in New South Wales at the moment. Yeah, it is. I, I think you, you get you read a lot of comments about the bush footy's dying. Um, I think in a junior level, uh, it's, it's really strong. Um, I think, well, like I said, I've been here in Byron now four years and uh, there is a struggle to get senior players. Um, I read an article the other week about um, that the NRL or country rugby league could do more for clubs that um, get get players like myself. So obviously, it, it comes with a price tag when when we come to clubs like this. And if if, if someone the governing body could chip in a little bit to the clubs like Byron or um, for other clubs like Jamie Lyon was a balloner two years ago. Mm-hmm. Luke Douglas is at uh, lower Clarence this year. Uh, Michael Gordon's at uh, Tweed Coast Raiders, which is all in our comp in the Northern Rivers comp. Um, so I think if we could put more ex-players into clubs, um, into bush footy clubs, it would, would strengthen up the competition and, and reward the clubs that do do, do go out on the limb to, to get us sort of uh, quality players to their clubs. But I think footy's going to always be strong. Obviously, it's not as strong as it used to be. But um, that's a that's a challenge for blokes that are involved in the game, and that's what I like about it. And, um, I like being around the boys. I like seeing the younger kids develop, and then obviously, and then seeing some older blokes still running around. But um, it's pretty strong here in our comp. Toddy, I know you've got a train. Uh, I know the boys are waiting, and you're waiting. I just wanted to say thank you for coming on. <laughs> no, uh, good, Toddy, no worries. Every time I've spoken to you, you've made your mistakes. You've always owned them. And I always admired you for that. You've always fronted up to the media. You've never hidden. And you've mm. always come forward and said, yes, I've made mistakes. But you've stuck your hand up. And that's always we a... We all make a, mistakes, then. Of course. Mm. It's always a, well, a, a very right, respectable yeah. uh, uh, attitude. Well, up, um, you, you face things uh, head on. And um, yes, we all stuff up at times. And some bigger and some smaller. But at the end of the day, face it. And, and you move on from it. And you grow from it. And that's what I've done. Now, congratulations to you, Todd, and where you're at at the moment. I know you've got training coming up, so we better not hold you up too much longer. Thanks so much for joining us as our Legend of League today and a really fascinating insight, particularly into, into bush footy. Thanks so much, Todd. Cheers, no, it's all good. Thanks, Thank Todd. There's Todd Carney, and um, he's in a good place, Dino, isn't he? I like Todd. Yeah. Look, yes, he did commit some mistakes in his life, right? We all do, but as I said, he's always owned them, Todd, and he's always fronted up, and every time I've rung him personally... He's picked up, he's rung back, he's been polite and mm. courteous, and uh, I've got nothing but admiration for how he's come out of the bad the times him, yeah. to now enjoy some good times, and good luck to him. Exactly, and I reckon there's a mentoring role there in the NRL for him, but some of the younger players were finding it difficult to cope with what can become like a fishbowl experience, can't it, when a, especially for younger players? Well, Todd's lived it. Yeah. A lot of people mm. in those positions, with all due respects, have degrees... They've been to university. Not the life experience. But they haven't lived it, and Todd's lived it. So a bit like Craig Field, similar theory. They've lived the bad times, and if they can help others through those similar bad times, then uh, good luck to them. Yep, I like your thinking, Dino. We'll take a quick break. Coming up next, we'll talk to to Daryl Kerry, the Acor Stadium CEO. The putters panel. Will Miss Kirribilli win race three? Top two chance for sure, Luke. Yeah, it won't win because our last cash could be a frank. Well, you think it's a moral? Could be a frank moral. I've put it on top. I thought it was the most impressive of all those horses coming out of maiden grade, so I've put it on top for Miss Kirribilli, so you and I agree on something. Our last cash does.
does it again. Comes from well back. Big win. Beat Miss Kirribilli. The putters panel. Friday morning, Racing HQ. Mum, do you know how long Electrolux has been in Australia? Yes, over 100 years. Do you know how long Westinghouse has been here? Yes, over 60 years. Mum, do you know there's a bonus digital prepaid MasterCard up to $200 on selected Electrolux and Westinghouse kitchen and laundry appliances right now at Bingley? Yes. Mum, is there anything you don't know? I don't know. Don't miss our special Electrolux and Westinghouse deal at Bingley. Australian family owned for 65 years. Lord Mayor's Community Day is a firm family favourite. Packing in a host of free kids' activities, including Paw Patrol live stage shows, amusement rides and much more. All against the backdrop of thrilling racing. Entry is free on May 21st at Rose Hill Gardens. And here is a champion! Cracksman wins the champion in fantastic style! The only place to catch the very best equine superstars from around the globe, first time, every time, is right here. Live and exclusive across the Sky Racing Network. Get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue with a huge range of pants, jumpers, jackets and boots. Check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. You won't be disappointed. Does your workwear branding need a freshen up? Get in store and talk to Darren and the team. Open till 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road. Your one-stop winter workwear shop. Deliciously flaky pastry on top of bottom, which is rolled extra thin, and filling of 100% lean Aussie beef. Yes, I'm talking about Garlow's pies, the only pies you should be putting on your plate. Garlow's pies are simply bursting with flavour, and there's heaps of flavours to choose from. Here's a thought, Ray. Take a night off from cooking and grab a Garlow's family pie for the whole crew. They're available in all Coles and Woolworths stores. And remember, we are located in the chilled meal section. And if you can't find us, ask for Garlow's pies by name. Garlow's pies, they're thin on pastry, but they're big on meat. On Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab, this is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Cricket's a difficult game. You know, with a, being a batsman, you, you get one chance at innings. That's it. So you've got to be ready for it. Being ready for it is having done it many times, so it's, it's second nature. Because it's, it's, it's a pressure situation. The media's looking at you, the people are looking at you, and your teammates are looking at you. So there's many different factors of pressure. So it's how you can filter that uh, and then perform. That was Andrew Simons from an interview we did on the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. I can't believe it's four years ago now, but um, very sadly overnight the news is filtering through that Andrew Simons has lost his life in a car accident in North Queensland and our thoughts go out to his family and particularly the cricketing fraternity and indeed anyone who follows sport in Australia. Very sad age of just 46 years old, Dino. Yeah, just repeating that crash happened up there at Harvey Range outside of Townsville. I remember reading multiple stories over the years, Ray. He was a massive Brisbane Broncos fan. Mm-hmm. And I think at one point he may have even spoken to Wayne Bennett about having a crack at rugby league. He was that keen on. Uh, he was that sportsman. keen. On, you know what? Mm. It would have been a hard slog, but if someone could have done it, mm. Roy was certainly big. He was strong. He was fast. Had a good shoulder charge. Yeah, had a good shoulder yeah. charge. So, yeah, it, it's it's horrendous news. It mm. really is. It's such a sad day for Australian sport, and just so close to to, to Rod Marsh and Warnie leaving yeah, us. Yeah, three great of Australian cricket. Very sad news. Just repeating that Andrew Simmons losing his life in a car accident in North Queensland overnight. 
On a more upbeat topic, Dino, coming soon to Sydney. This is massive. One of the biggest football clubs in the world, FC Barcelona, will come down to Sydney and take on an A-League All-Stars in a game at Acor Stadium on May 25. Now, the ticket sales are predicting a crowd of more than 70,000 to watch this game, which will be the biggest sporting crowd we've had in Sydney, Dino, since the 2019 NRL Grand Final because COVID pandemic has really rocked sporting attendances right across the board. A-Course AMC CEO Daryl Carey has been good enough to join us on a Sunday morning. Daryl, good morning. And this is a massive sporting event for Sydney, isn't it? May 25, FC Barcelona versus the A-League All-Stars. Good morning, Daryl. Good morning, guys. Daryl, 70,000-plus people at the stadium. How are the ticket sales tracking? And and what's the capacity for the stadium these days? Well, the capacity is 80,000, so mm-hmm. we're on track to have a crowd of uh, you know 70,000 or upwards. So we're really excited by um, the response. And um, this is a huge club. They've never mm-hmm. been to this country before. And to have the opportunity to host them on uh, for one game. Uh, they're not going anywhere else in Australia. This is one game. Never been here before. This is an incredible opportunity for, for you know, not only football followers in this country, mm. but, um, you know, major sporting um, fans that uh, just want to see, you know, some of the best players in the world uh, strut their stuff on, uh, on a course stadium. Yeah, of course, FC Barcelona, not just one of the great football clubs in the world, one of the great sporting clubs in the world. And I understand, Daryl, that on Tuesday, the day before the game, there is a free and open training session at Acor Stadium where fans can go and watch their heroes in training before this big game on the Wednesday night, May 25. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a real testament to, to um, everyone involved, particularly um, Barcelona. And, and, and the A-League All-Stars are also are doing an open training session the night before. And that's a real opportunity for, sort of, for people that, you know, that, are, that are followers or fans or supporters to, to get a little bit um, closer to the action. And it, it's a more relaxed environment. Um, mm. I, I think that's a really great initiative on that Tuesday night. So there is a process that people need to go through and just uh, to register their details. But if you go to sort of barkerinsydney.com.au uh, and register your details for that. But certainly um, the night after is when, when, when the whole thing lights up and uh, we're really looking forward to that, that, that match on Wednesday night. Um, tickets are, yeah, there's still tickets available, but, you know, there is a big crowd um, expected and, and we've sold plenty to date. So we're really excited by... Um, what, what lies ahead. Exactly, yeah. Daryl, I know Dino wants to ask you about the big news re-rugby this week, but just quickly, um, for our listeners out there, Acor Stadium has given away a family pass to this FC Barcelona versus A-League's All-Stars game on Wednesday, May 25. That's a family pass for two adults and two, child- two children, two adults and two children. Our first caller on the open line, 135353, that's 135353, will win that family pass to the FC Barcelona A-League's All-Stars game. Now, Daryl, during the week we had the big news that the Rugby World Cup would come to Australia in 2027. Sydney, we hosted that final in 2003 at Stadium Australia. Can a core stadium get the cash again, Daryl? Oh, I'd like to think so, mate. <laughs> um, this is this doesn't come around very often, this event, and uh, we were lucky to be right in the centre of the action in 2003 and I was I was um, I was lucky to be part of that, and uh, I mean, irrespective of whether you follow rugby union or rugby league or football or AFL, the Rugby World Cup is just an incredible event, and 
as I said, we were lucky to host it and experience it firsthand. And um, uh, I think everyone now has absolute full awareness about how big it is and how important it is and, and how much fun it is. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of competition, but I'd like to think that uh, Mr. Wiles is, is well-placed um, to play a really big part in it and host some of those um, big matches, uh, including the final. Yeah, exactly. And of course, we haven't mentioned, you know, say of origin, um, game one will be at Acor Stadium in June 8, and that'll be a capacity crowd, I imagine, Daryl? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I, and the Barcelona and the A-League All-Stars, mm. um, followed by State of Origin not long after on the 8th of June. Uh, um, it feels like we're back to normal. Um, um, I think in your introduction where you said sort of these will be the biggest crowds in Sydney mm. for, for, an, for a single event since 2019, which is an incredible stat, really, when you think about it. Yeah. And uh, but but the you know, I, I think we've got a lot to, to look forward to now, and I think people are getting absolutely back on track, and and um, I think everyone's done an incredibly good job, despite how challenging and difficult it's been. But uh, yeah, some great action, sort of uh, not not that far away. Yeah, exactly. That can almost be our way of saying the pandemic is behind us in a, in a lot of respects, even though it's not. But to get things back to normal, really huge crowds, and there's one coming up on May 25, just being FC Barcelona taking on A League All Stars at Acor Stadium. Still tickets available. It's going to be a huge event, Daryl, and then into State of Origin on June 8. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, and the very best of luck with those two huge events coming up in the next few weeks. And in Indeed, for the rest of the season. Thanks, guys. Much appreciated. Thanks, There's Daryl Kerry, the CEO of Acor Stadium. There'll be massive crowds there, Dino. Massive. That Barcelona game. Imagine the yeah. colour of the excitement there that night. It would be unbelievable. You know what? I, I don't reckon... go to many football games, but mm. I would love to be there that night. I reckon they get a massive crowd the day before the training session, which yeah. is open, free. So go to that one. Coming up next, Tanya with the sports update. <laughs> On the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend, a sports update with Tanya Thomas. Penrith won the NRL top of the table clash. Punters post-mortem. Night, easily beating Melbourne 32-6, to scoring five tries to one. It was the Storm's heaviest defeat in eight years. The Gold Coast, very late in extra time, scored a try to give the Titans a 20-16 to win over St George Illawarra. And South defeated the Warriors 32-30, hanging on after the Warriors fought back from 32-6 to down to fall too short in the end. Today, Magic Round continues with Cronulla versus Canberra at 150. The Roosters and Parramatta are at 4.05 and then the West Tigers and North Queensland at 6.25. Everest contender Mazu passed his Group 1 test with an outstanding win over Paul Ely in a thrilling finish to the Doomben 10,000 on a soggy Eagle Farm track yesterday. While in contrast, the Scones standalone meeting was bathed in sunshine where star apprentice Tyler Schiller rode the biggest winner of his career on Bring a Ransom in the Group 3 Dark Jewel Classic. A much-needed win for Sydney in the AFL after consecutive losses. The Swans recorded a big win at the SCG, 105-47 over Essendon. Brisbane, 102, beat Adelaide, 66. St Kilda, 90, beat Geelong, 80. Port beat North Melbourne, 115-46. And Richmond, 117, over Hawthorne, 94. In the first A-League elimination final, Western United defeated Wellington 1-0, the only goal coming early in the 10th minute. United will now take on Melbourne victory in the semi-final and that will ensure the grand final will be played in Melbourne. The Central Coast play Adelaide in the other elimination final today in Adelaide and the winner of that match will play Melbourne City in the other semi-final. 
in Super Rugby. The first ever clash between the two Pacific expansion sides. It was Fiji and Drua who came out on top, defeating Moana Pacifica 34-19. The Blues 53 thrashed the Reds 26. And the Hurricanes beat the Waratahs at Leichhardt Oval 22-18. The Tars led 15-0 at halftime. The Melbourne Vixens defeated GWS 66-63 in the first overtime match of the Super Netball season. The win all but cementing the Vixens' finals place, while West Coast Fever maintained top spot on percentage after a 74-65 win over the Sunshine Coast Lightning. Liverpool beat Chelsea in the FA Cup final overnight at Wembley. The match was decided on a penalty shootout after a nil-all scoreline after regulation time. The Reds won the shootout 6-5. They remain now in the hunt for the historic quadruple after securing two trophies so far this season. They are in the race for the Premier League title and have the Champions League final against Real Madrid to come as well. The Bathurst 12-hour race got underway at 5.15 this morning at Mount Panorama. Chas Mostert had pole position. With just over seven and a half hours to go, Daniel Juncadella has a slight lead over Shane Van Gisbergen. Both are in the 89th lap. Meantime, Jack Miller will start from second on the grid for the French MotoGP. The Aussie won the race at Le Mans last year. Stefano Tsitsipas beat Alexander Zverev in the semi of the Italian Tennis Open overnight and will meet Novak Djokovic in tonight's final. The second major of the year, the French Open, starts tomorrow week. Despite his vaccination status, Djokovic was cleared to play in March. He will compete at Roland Garros, which is expected to run at full capacity. Aminji Lee is on top of the leaderboard after the third round of the Founders' Cup golf in New Jersey. She's at 17 under and leads by one shot. Now, I know you're all anxiously waiting to find out who won Eurovision this You love morning. this, don't you, Tan? You love Eurovision. It's yeah. very kitschy. Mm. Um, Ukraine, who were uh, the favourites to win, oh, how won Eurovision. That? Now, I do have to say that after the judges vote, you know, they go all around the world yeah. and the judges say, I'll give you 10, I'll give you 12, I'll give you 8 points. Uh, the UK were leading after the judges Where vote. Where was the Ukraine? Um, they were a bit further down the leaderboard. Oh. Um, and Aussie... Uh, our Aussie contender, Sheldon Riley, he was in the top ten after the judges' votes. But then they bring in the, they bring in the, um, the 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 telephone votes from the around the vote. world, the public vote. And when they came in, Ukraine just went boom straight up to the leader, up the leaderboard. Good on them. Good on them. Ended up winning by about two hundred <laughs> votes or so. But Sheldon Riley finished, I think, fifteenth overall. So he did us proud. Oh, that's good. Yes. Yeah. Are you happy with that result? with Ukraine winning. Of course, yeah, yeah I absolutely, yeah. I reckon that's good, Dino. What do you think? I can't <laughs> say I've watched a lot of it, to be honest with you. That's not saying it's not a lot of talent on show. I just haven't seen it. Tan loves it. It's just yeah. very kitschy, and it's yeah. it's you know it's they're all good songs. It's all about the performance and about mm. the outfits and immensely popular and worldwide. Yeah, team. and I'd say it's extremely political too. You know, no doubt. Yeah, Germany ended up with six votes, so they must be on the outer by somebody. They are. Because the they, they haven't spoken up loudly that's against right. Russia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's uh, yeah, very anyway. political. But anyway, and why is Australia in Eurovision? Yeah, that's, why? That's always a question, isn't it? All the way from Europe. <laughs> I spent a minute and a half research on this, so I can tell you very quickly that um, we've been broadcasting Eurovision since 1983 yeah. and have got a huge following. And in 2015, um, the, the organisers, which are the European Broadcast Union, knew that, you know, there was a big following in Australia. I thought it, the theme of the year was building bridges. So they brought Australia in. Is that when Guy Sebastian went? And we've been do doing so well. Guy Sebastian... He got robbed, I reckon. He went straight into... Normally you go via semi-finals, but he went straight into the final and yeah. finished about four. He got robbed. Yeah. He finished, he's finished in the top five. And then the next year, Dami Im 
came oh, second. Right. Now she was robbed. She was robbed. She was yeah. robbed. And because Australia keeps doing so well, they keep inviting us back every year. So in 2019, they said, okay, we'll let you uh, come on every year now until 2023. So next year, I guess, there will you go. be re-established. How good's that? That's fine. Hey, um, Information, I know you yeah, will need it. No, no, well, we've all been rich for that, Tan. And, and Tan, I'm pleased, so we have a winner in our competition for that FC Barcelona versus the A-League All-Stars game at Acor Stadium on May 25. A family pass, two adults and two children has gone to Adam Doyle. Congratulations to Adam. The board lit up like I've never seen it before, Dino. I feel bad when he had one family pass to give away. It went berserk. Yeah, that football's very big in this country, Ray, and certainly when a team like that comes out here, I won't promise anything. I might talk to eight people at Acor say and see if we can oh, no. do it again. Oh, not asking for free tickets, eh? No, no, not for me. No, okay. for, for the listeners because it was so popular. I know what you like. What are you saying, Dino? <laughs> no, for our listeners because it was so popular. I felt Arthur bad. Stanley, our great mate out there. I didn't want to mention. I didn't want to put him under the. No, let's put him under the, him under the bus now. Th- let's throw him under the bus. Well, Arthur, is if another you're family pass for you next like, week. We maybe. need another family pass. <laughs> Poor fella. Thanks, Arthur. We won't promise anything, but we'll see what we can. No, I promise it. We can. You can't. Say we, that, no, can I'm going to promise it. Right, now, we promise you we'll have two more passes. Daryl Carey told us it was almost sold out. There's well, still tickets available. So Arthur's the man. Okay. Look, Gary's been waiting patiently. We're rambling on here, Dino. Gary, good morning. Good morning, Ray and Dean. Just quickly on. Four teams that did make the eight last year, and they were Cronulla, Brisbane, Cowboys, and Canterbury. The one who's running last doesn't is not seeing the future of the game. I'll give you an example: opportunity, preparation, opportunity, preparation. Where is he now? Where will he be? Where will he be? Means the key. That's one on one, step in a fence, or kick early in the tackle. Three of those teams are doing it, and one's not. And they all bought hard. In the off-season. That's the problem Canterbury's got. They're a little bit slow on the uptake on that. The future of the game. That's the future of the game. Just quickly, if Canterbury get off the bottom of the ladder, they've got to do one thing to win the tight game. To win that 10 minutes after the break, that is a non-negotiable with me for us to get off the wooden spoon. That's how I see Canterbury. You make a point, Gary. A lot of people suggest that Canterbury's off the pace and some are even saying that tactically they're a little bit behind, but... Look, Trent Barrett can coach. Look at their squad on paper. It's a good football Trent team. Trent Barrett can coach. Yeah. You know, there's no doubt about it. And he's got Phil Gould over him. Whether that's a good thing or not, I don't know. But in terms of football intellect, mm. you know, I wouldn't mind having Gus in my corner as well. And they've got a good roster. So mm. what is the problem? Maybe Gary's right. What is the problem out there, Ray? They've got the players. You'd think they've got the nows off the field. Mm. They've got the facilities. They've got the money. They've got everything, the Bulldogs. Just... But something's not working. Yeah. And, Ray... It hasn't been working for years. Yeah, what's that they haven't won link? a comp since 2004. Yeah, it's a, it's bizarre. What is that missing link? Steve's here on the line. Steve, good morning. Yeah, good morning, boys. How are we going? Terrific, Steve. Thanks you for waiting for us, You a few beers mate. last night, Steve. No, mate, no, no. Non-COVID man flu. Right, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. That's going around, Steve, actually, sadly. Oh, a lot of people yeah. getting it. Yeah. I wish I had COVID again. It's a lot easier than this. Oh, anyway. I hope you get better quickly, Steve. Cheers, mate. Um, you touched earlier on alternate tracks with Kenny Callender and he was, I think, pretty quick to shut down the idea of a of a plasticine track or whatever for Sydney. Mm-hmm. But some of the best races, if not most of the best races in the world, run on dirt. Yeah, good point. Kentucky Derby, etc. Kentucky, et Kentucky yeah. Derby's, Dubai World Cup, mm. uh, Breeders' Cup. Why has why has a dirt track for New South Wales never never even been a question? Yeah, look, it, it, and it's certainly been debated at the moment, Steve, I must admit, because um, we have lost a lot 
of meetings in the last few months to this ongoing rain event that we seem to be having in Sydney, Dino. Will we see an all-weather track? I think the odds are certainly shortening now that we will. I didn't think we ever would in my lifetime. But but then we talked about tearing a distance earlier. Where do you put it, Dino? You can't put one up in the Northern Rivers area because what happens to the people down south? They can't travel 10, 12 you know, hours up there for a race meeting, things like that. So do you build two or three of them at geographic points around the state? Then it becomes a cost measure. So a lot of things involved. But it certainly is being debated now. Steve's 100% right. A lot of the world's best races are run on dirt, and that is a track which obviously isn't impacted by the sort of rain events we've had now. we take a quick break because coming up next is Phil Buzz Rothfield. Hunter's Postmortem with Glenn Munsey. The pure country horse is at a disadvantage because his benchmark won't be strong enough to go against the city horses that managed to run one to in any cup. Ron Duffersey. I think people are getting it wrong thinking it's been put on for the country horses. And I think it'll do a really good job. It'll lift this quality of horse. It's got to serve a purpose, this one. Hunter's Postmortem. Monday, 9am, Racing HQ. you doing? I'm taking a washing machine to the car for a customer. Well, you've never done heavy work before. Oh, now I know why. Do you know what washing machines weigh, Mum? Way too much. Phew. Well, don't use Lano. Get free delivery from our professional drivers on selected laundry appliances at Lee. But it won't last long. Neither will Lionel. Free delivery <laughs> on selected laundry appliances right now at Bingley. Australian family owned for 65 years. Conditions apply. G'day, it's Sean Garlick here from Garlow's Pies. People often ask me, how did a footballer go from sticking his head into a scrum to making pies? Well, it goes back to when we were just so sick of getting pies that all it was was pastry and no meat. So I teamed up with my brother Nathan and we created a pie which is deliciously flaky pastry on top, a bottom which is rolled extra thin and filling which is just bursting with flavour. You can find us in Coles and Woolworths but only in the chilled meals section. If you can't see us, grab the manager and say, where are the Garlow's Pies? Because at Garlow's Pies, we're thin on pastry, we're big on meat. Very funny, guys. <laughs> oh, come on, mate. Let me in the car. Get in! <laughs> While Harry's locked out, Tab's locking in their best prices possible on a tote win bet. Activate the lock on the Tab app, and if the fixed odds starting price is better when your horse wins, you'll get the difference in cash. And if your horse doesn't win, or the tote price is higher, you can use the lock yep, again. Yep, real fun. Tab, long where we play. Excludes WA residents. Available once per day on eligible online bets. Max odds difference payout $100. TNC's a website. Gamble responsibly. Call gamblers at 1-800-858-858. Sports Radio and Radio Tab. This is the Big Sports Breakfast Weekend. Yeah, more of a clip there from uh, Andrew Simons doing his thing. Still coming to grips with very sad news overnight that Andrew Simons has passed away in a car accident in North Queensland. Phil Buzz Rothfield, good morning, and another shock for the Australian sporting fraternity. Yeah, can't believe it, though. Mm. The news broke this morning. A really, really sad story, isn't it? And, um, Wonderful cricket player, character, great commentator on Fox Sports. Mm. And can't believe it, mate. Really, really yeah. sad to, to get that news. Buzz, I read 
with interest your column, as I do every Sunday in the Sunday Telegraph. You've got an interesting story about the West Australian Government. Uh, there are some officials up there in Magic Round, where you are, yep. and they've reached out to the North Sydney Bears in what might be a joint venture proposal to enter the NRL. Yeah, it's an interesting story, Bulldog. And you wrote last year about the North Sydney bid uh, to become the 18th team and follow Redcliffe in a, a few years down the track. And they came up with a really interesting proposal, didn't they, to become sort of a satellite team and play matches around country New South Wales. But look, I think the NRL, from the information I've been gathering here in Brisbane, is that, look, they are very, very keen to have North Sydney Bears again involved in rugby league in some capacity and I spoke to Peter Volandis about that for my column tomorrow. Now what the Western Australian Government have done, uh, their sports minister and the head of Venues West have been in Brisbane for talks with the NRL about that 18th franchise. Importantly the Western Australian Government is prepared to back the proposal financially and there's a lot of corporate support in Perth. They love They've spoken to the North Sydney Bears as well about some sort of joint venture. The preference for the Bears at the moment is to remain as a you know a single identity um, bidder, but they're certainly open to talks. I don't think the Bears will come back Bulldog unless it is a uh, joint venture like this one because I, I, I think that, look, there's too many clubs in Sydney for mm. starters. And, um, yeah, but it'll be an interesting one to watch as it plays out in the next few months. Well, Buzz, where do you think the 18th team should be located? Well, the thing Peter Belandis is on about is he wants to go to where the biggest growth opportunities are. And he says the question he is most regularly asked in the street is when will you bring the North Sydney Bears back? So he knows the value of that brand and he knows the value of that logo. So, look, I don't mind this idea of going into Western Australia. Look, the Western Reds were a victim of the Super League War in 1997 and cut from the competition. But if the criteria is to bring a new supporter base into the game, to bring new corporate support into rugby league, I think this is a real winner. But look, there is so much to be worked out. How many games will be played in Perth? How many games will be played at North Sydney Oval? If they are building a massive new Northern Beaches stadium, um, the government's spending a squillion there. Would they ask North to play some mm. of their games? Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, There's yeah. so much to work out. I think it'll come down to a two-horse race. I think this joint WA Bears bid or a second team in New Zealand. But look, you look at the struggle the Warriors have got right now and how poorly they've been playing and the fact they've, you know, they're nowhere near becoming a top four side and a, and a premiership contender. I just don't know if we can afford right now two New Zealand teams to be struggling at the same time. A buzz, you wrote two this morning. The Canterbury Bulldogs are facing a serious battle to keep Matt Burton long-term. Run us through that. Yeah, well, you've seen, everyone's seen the pressure the Bulldogs are under right now and, you know, there's talk Trent Barrett won't last, it'll be, you know, for the next few weeks. The, the problem the Bulldogs have got is when they signed Matt Burton from Penrith, they only signed him on a two-year contract for $500,000 a season. There's an option Burton's way. 
Now, he wants to play in a football side that is winning and he enjoyed the Premiership, obviously, so much at Penrith last year. So he is going to wait until the end of the season. He's going to David Riolo, his agent, said he'll check what the market's like. Uh, Redcliffe are looking for players. Everyone was looking for a player of his quality. The Dogs are in a position where they're under enormous salary cap pressure with Reid Marnie and... Um, the big Penrith second row, Billy Kickow, joining them next year. But I don't think they're going to be in a position straight away to upgrade Burton, which he he's clearly their best player. And I think at the end of the season, there's going to be some really interesting approaches coming from rival clubs. They're going to mm. struggle to keep him. Yeah, no, he's a gun. Hey, Buzz, you're up there in Magic Round. What's it like? And can I ask you about the future of Magic Round as well? A lot of talk about where it could be relocated down the track. is Brisbane's there for the next two years, Dino tells yeah. me. But what about long-term, Buzz? Yeah, Raymond, it is the most wonderful celebration of rugby league. Mm. It's, it's like a World Cup I've been to, but at a slightly smaller scale. That fans are here just partying, filling all that. There's, you can't get a hotel room in Brisbane. It's mm. really hard to get a taxi or an Uber out, the bars are packed out, but it's a huge, huge commercial uh, opportunity and the, the future is rock solid, it's just where it's going to be played and seeing the success and people like the West Australian Government here, that it's going to open up a massive bidding uh, war between various states to get a hold of it. I'd like to see the year in Sydney. Just one at the new stadium because the new stadium is going to be so special. But I'd like to see it move around the country. I wouldn't mind seeing Townsville, Newcastle. I think it'd be terrific in mm. Melbourne. Um, but they're on a winner with it. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, I know last night's game was a bit of a no contest and Penrith blew Melbourne off the park, but there's been some other great games. But it's for the atmosphere, guys. Mm. It's uh, everyone's really into apart from those knuckleheads who put on a blue in the stand the other day. It's been so well received, and look, security was tight yesterday. Andrew Rabdo jumped straight onto it, and uh, it was a fantastic day yesterday. I actually loved the middle game yesterday. The, what was it? The Titans and the Dragons. Golden Point, yeah. Just sat there, really gripping. Eighty-nine minutes, few mistakes. I thought your man Ashley Klein didn't help that. Last oh, night, oh, those penalties again. Oh, all the time. We had so many people on SMSs buzz raise oh. that point. Every always the defending team coming out of their own half gets the, the piggyback out. Oh, Raymond was mm. so annoying. I was sitting out the front, lapping up the atmosphere. I was just, oh, geez, it drives me mad. Interesting outside the Channel 9 commentary box, I saw Graham Annesley and Andrew Johns in a very animated discussion at half-time of that game. And, um, look, we're here to celebrate the game, and the, you know, but I was really disappointed by that. Mm. But that Penrith side, how good are they? How good are you going to have to be to get anywhere near them in the finals? Yeah. Wonderful football side. You had a cheeky drink up there, Bus? I must admit, Bulldog, I've... I've had three late nights and I'm Ooh. struggling a little bit this morning, <laughs> to be honest with you. But, Dean, when you're on tour, my friend, you need to network. Well, you, you need, need to, to also do your work and get some sleep. Oh, yeah, well, that's what I'm doing right now, Dean. <laughs> right, okay. He's a professional. He's, he's answered his phone. He's a, he's a pro. When you've been out and about, have you picked any fights or mended any bridges? No, I haven't. 
Actually, Bulldog, I don't call this magic round. I call this reconciliation round. (laughs) Who have you reconciled with? I've had a few feuds uh, over the last couple of years, which I've managed to patch up over a beard. Yeah, I'm not going to name the people and embarrass them. Okay. It's been a very fruitful weekend in that regard. That's good, fantastic. Hey, Buzz, who's the, the young bloke holding the football? Um, in this picture. Um, now, he's oh. sort of recognisable. Um, he's alongside Rod Wishart, the New South Wales CHS rugby union team way back in the 1980s. Dennis Bullfrog Richards. <laughs> <laughs> what a great photo, dog. What year was that? It was 1986, it was, and I played a couple of games with Rod. For Roddy, uh, Rod was a leaguey, but he made the CHS rugby union teams and... Was he a gun, gun then too? He was a good player, yeah. yeah. And, of course, his kid last what, night, Tyron. What I, what I wanted to do with that photo, Ray, I went to Gary Ferris, our sports head, and I said, look, I want to run a photo of Bulldog when he was a little football player, and I want to run one now and show what 35 years of journalism <laughs> does for the person's head. But he wouldn't let me. He wanted Rod Wishart in there. But if you want to see what 35 years of journalism <laughs> does to someone's head, you've only got to look at the page before <laughs> at your photo <laughs> byline. That's a very old photo too, dog. <laughs> hey, so you've enjoyed it though, Buzz. Day. It sounds like it's been a great, uh, another great couple of days up there, and the atmosphere is good. Mm. And all the people I've spoken to said it's a bit of a party town at the moment. Everyone's yeah, in different jumpers, right. and there's plenty of colour around, and it's great yeah. for the game. Look, obviously we're here to watch rugby league, but we're here to celebrate the game too. And look, you know we bluff about Ashley Klein, we bluff about the bunker, but you think back to the sellout at Brookvale last week, the sellout. And the game's in pretty good shape, you know. Yeah, and yeah. and as I said to Andrew Abdo the other day, I just wish you could fish the, uh, fix the bunker. I wish he could get him out of the game a little bit, you know. And it's, it's 100%. Our talk topic it, today, it, it Buzz, real, Buzz but, our talk topic sorry, today, yeah, our talk topic today is about innovations in sport, and it's been universally condemned by many of our listeners on the SMS, the bunker. Get rid of it, they're saying. I wouldn't get rid of it. I'd keep it for tried decisions. I think there's so many close tries, but we'll get rid of it apart from that. You know, it's so frustrating and they're too powerful. Exactly. Well, Buzz, I reckon you'll be the first one there today because your Sharkies take on the Raiders at 1.50pm, then the Roosters and the Eels at the 4.05pm game, then 6.25 West Tigers-Cowboys. Complete magic round. Your three tips today, Buzz? Oh, look, I think the Sharks will win. You've got to... Um, you've got to back them on form, don't you? Even though the, the, the Raiders were good last week against uh, against the Bulldogs. I'm really hanging out for this um, Roosters-Eels game because the Eels have got to prove that Penrith wasn't a one-off. Yeah. They've got to turn up tonight and um, or this evening, what time do they kick off? 4.05. Yep. And uh, they've got to perform. A lot of pressure on the Roosters too because they need a win. West Tigers, Cowboys, look, I can only see this going one way. The Cowboys have been the biggest surprise pack of the season. They'll be too strong for the uh, West Tigers. Given you've had three late nights, Buzz, do you think you might sneak in a little nat nap before the Sharks? Um, that's the aim, Green. Right, okay. Aim, Let me know so I won't follow. call you. Well, at least I came to Magic Round Bulldog. At least I came. You're sitting at home in the Dolls house watching it all. You should be here, mate. Phil, I don't want to have three late nights. And call it reconciliation <laughs> round. I want to actually get some stories. <laughs> Good on you. Thanks, Buzz hey, B. Buzz, enjoy um, these games today to complete Magic Round. Is it stopped raining, Buzz? Uh, yeah, it looks a little bit brighter out Fantastic. the hotel window. Just the ground surface has held up well. Amazing, yeah, isn't it, Buzz? It's Amazing. It's a lot of rain. Enjoy it, Buzz, and we'll talk next week.
Good on you guys. Cheers now. There's Bye. Phil Bath- Buzz Rothfield in Brisbane for Magic Round. Dino, Sharks Raiders? Uh, you'd think the Sharks would win that, Ray. Roosters Eels? I'm going to go the Roosters. I just think they're ready okay. to make that statement, right? And Tigers, Cowboys. Cowboys. Terrific. What's on today, mate? Uh, chasing stories. As usual. Chasing as you stories. always do. Coming up on Racing HQ with Grant Boyd and Mick Wallace will preview Parks Cup Day, which is at Gilgandra today. The BSB team is back tomorrow morning at 5.30. And if you would like to revisit any of today's show or interviews, go to Spotify or the podcast icon on your iPhone or Android. Thanks for listening for the last three hours. Enjoy your Sunday. And enjoy your sport.